Hello and welcome to the Big 12 Country Podcast, where four guys in jockstrap will be covering college football and providing content and HSOs from around the Big 12. Hello and welcome back to the Big 12 Country Podcast. I'm your host as always, Corey. Uh, with me tonight, we got Colin. Hey guys. We also have Kendall. Hello. And uh, by some act of God, Brady is back with us for a long-time listener. Say hi, Brady. What's up, fellas? Uh, Brady, since uh, we've picked up, I don't know, probably two-thirds of our listening audience since the last <laughs> time you were on the show, uh, you want to uh, share a little bit about yourself and tell everybody what you do with us? Well, I'm about six foot four, two twenty, solid as a rock. <laughs> like long walks on the beach. Um, Carrying yeah. an axe on the shoulder. Yeah, that's that's what I do. Oh yeah. So, uh, well, the rest of the audience doesn't know what that means, but yeah. <laughs> football related for the for the show. I mean, I'm kind of behind the scenes guy lately. I've, I'm going back to school right now for a master's. So. Way behind the scenes. Yeah, I've been tied up in a lot of that stuff. Uh, haven't really had a lot of time. Also, living in the apartment life with two kids, so a little hard to uh, record lately. Why? With, uh, what with are you? Silence. What are you mastering in? Like, I don't even know. You've never told me before. Baiting. Well, I'm mastering everything. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. but I'm going for business. Getting my MBA. Okay, for that us uneducated be. rednecks, what the? I mean, like, is there a more specific term than that, or? Masters just master of business, of business administration. Okay, all right. Just curious. Yeah. Um, all right. So anyway, for those of you who I don't know how often Brady will be back uh, until after bowl season, but uh, we'll try to get him on as often as possible. Um, did you tell him what teams you do? Um, I originally set out covering West Virginia, Oklahoma, and K State. Yeah, that sounds right. I'm gonna buy that. But all I right. keep track of everything. Yeah. Um, and does a lot of, um, I guess, administrative stuff for us, too. I yeah, guess that would be a good way to put it. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. So, I guess you're going to school for the right thing anyway. Um, well, this week, uh, our show is a little late, obviously. I know it was basically the same time as last week, but last week is always off because it's Labor Day and throws everything off. But we apologize. Our schedule's a little thrown off this week. Um, in future weeks, we try to sort of hope to kind of have it done on Sunday night, but I can't promise that's going to happen um hopefully later no later than monday most weeks but um so anyway i know that some of this stuff might be here some of you are already probably moving on to the games for next week but we appreciate you listening anyway um our uh what you gonna call it our rankings came out this week our power rankings for this week came out today uh, i guess we did better because we didn't get as much abuse or people are just tired of abusing us i'm not really sure it's one or the other uh, which one it is, but people didn't, I mean, not a whole lot, but it, I think people had, first and foremost, an issue with Baylor. I don't know, where did you guys have Baylor, and why did you put them there? Well, I'm trying to pull that up. I believe I had them top five, and I think it's more of, I, I have a lot of faith in their offense being good this year. I think, you know, with, with Brewer and McClendon, or it's McClendon, then you had the new wide receivers, the running backs look pretty good. My only concern with them is defense, but they've also started off 2-0, and Yes, they haven't played anybody. Yes, they play somebody this week. Hopefully, just you know, at least at a power five level. So we'll see a little bit more. But just kind of the other teams below them. I just felt like they could, you know, it didn't really matter the order. But mm-hmm. I could justify oh, it matters, them. Apparently, I could justify them being above those teams just with the way that other teams have performed. Kendall, where'd you have Baylor at this week? Um, I think I had them at <clears throat> eight, I believe. 
Is that, is that correct? I mean, I, I'm pretty sure it was eight. But I, I, well, I mean, it's, <laughs> it I, it's, right. it's like all my days run together I now. Know. But I, I think I have an eight. I, I'm my biggest thing was just how many points they're giving up teams that, that that they've been playing. To me, that's a bad sign going into Big Twelve play. I mean, they have they have been moving the ball and they have been uh, you know putting up some points. But I, just, I that's the one thing that I look at that really scares me is how many points they've given up to Abilene Christian and then also to UTSA, which both are not a very good football team. So you had them at nine. Yeah, nine. nine. Okay, nine, sorry. Nine, that's right, I did. I, I did have nine. That's, that's uh, at Kendall B12C, better fans? Yeah, well, I mean, go ahead and have me. That's fine. I just I, I think over time you're going to see it show up and it's going to be it's going to be bad news. Mm-hmm. Correction, mine was at six. Yeah, okay, five. so a little bit worse. Um, Brady, uh, do you have yours in front of you or do you need me to tell you? Nope, I get it. I had him. I had him ranked at six as well, and I don't think it's necessarily a, a byproduct of Baylor being two and zero. It's just what I what I've seen out of the other other teams in the conference. Um, Baylor, obviously, they haven't played anybody worth notable at all. But to me, offensively, they're they're doing okay. Uh, defense, I think, like Kendall said, you know, they're giving up some points that they shouldn't be to those teams, but. I think for now, with with them being two and zero, and and at least you know surviving this first part of their schedule, until until they play somebody worth noting, I can't really you know say whether or not they're terrible or great right offhand. So I just based on other teams' performance, that's where I have Baylor at. I think that's important too. What Brady said to kind of expound on that. It for me, yes, there was a little bit of, um, and I believe I had. I'm trying to get mine to work here. I had Baylor at seven, six, or I'm sorry, I looked at Brady seven. Uh, yeah, I had Baylor at seven, and for me, it wasn't. And I know seven isn't going to be as egregious to some people, but when the teams I had a group in was Baylor, uh, Iowa State, and Kansas State was one of. The, I I know me personally, I don't know how you guys do it. Me personally, I kind of start with tiers, and then I kind of split out the tiers from there based on what I think and. It's not necessarily that Baylor's 2-0 and is more impressive, although they did win their game, so I am rewarding them somewhat for that. But it's the chances we have got to see Kansas State and Iowa State so far in tough games, they've impressed me a lot less, mm-hmm. you know, or maybe worried me a lot more than what Baylor has, you know, shown me so far. So it's not that – I don't even necessarily think that Baylor's better than those teams, but I needed a way to tie break them, and I think 2-0 and was kind of the way I did it because they've won their games, regardless of who it's against. But – the bad that I've seen in Kansas State and the bad that I've seen in Iowa State worries me more than what I've seen from Baylor yet. But I, you know, but if you ask me, help me do a wall and ask me personal feelings on Baylor, I think it all washes out in the end. And Baylor's probably the ninth or eighth best team in the conference. But we, I mean, you know, again, it's week by week. So that's kind of, in my opinion, expanding a little bit on what Brady said about that. So I, you know, I don't. Um, it's kind of like uh, West Virginia and Oklahoma. Personally, I know. Well, I mean, I know Oklahoma's a little more talented than them. I don't know if they're any better team or what they will be this year. But right now, we all believe they can win the conference. They're the favorite to win the conference. So until West Virginia kind of shows me or Oklahoma shows me a lot of bad, I'm not really going to jump one over the other. So that's kind of the same thing, just on the other end of the, the bracket. But um, the other one, we did have one vote for West Virginia at first place, which kind of upset Oklahoma fans, which I don't really get because I mean, you had 19 first place <laughs> yeah. votes. Uh, I mean, come on, guys. I'm an Oklahoma fan, too, and it didn't phase me at all. So Let me ask you, which fan base had the, the biggest problem with where Baylor was ranked? From what I can tell, mostly Texas fans. Well, yeah. I don't, but um, We haven't exactly seen a lot from them either. So I, I think, yeah, I mean, exactly. The, and that's what I explained to one of them in particular. I was like, look, you, Kansas State got slapped around pretty bad by Mississippi State. Mississippi State's a good team, but they still got thumped pretty good. 
Um, you have Iowa State, who we have one sample of them, and I wasn't impressed in any way, shape, or form. I thought their defense looked okay at times, but other than that, there wasn't a whole lot to get excited about on that football field that day. Um, you have uh, Kansas. I'm sorry, who was the Texas. other one? Texas. Texas, who lost to a what's going to end up being somewhere in the middle Maryland team, maybe upper third, but they're going to be roughly in the middle of that conference. They're certainly not going to be in the top five of that conference overall, uh, maybe in their division or whatever. But um, and then you you guys should have gotten beat by a Tulsa team. I mean, a Tulsa team that's not very good. Um, I mean, what do we think they're going to finish in the American? Probably lower lower half. Definitely. Somewhere in that ballpark. So, I mean, you know, and, and here's the thing. If Tulsa has a kicker, Texas is an 0-2 right now, guys. And it's literally that simple. If Tulsa can make field goals, Texas is an 0-2. So, it, you know, even necessarily Baylor hasn't done the best stuff, they haven't killed themselves like you guys have. Right. So, for me, I think that's where the difference lied in a lot of it. Well, another thing is, too, is also this is just a weekly thing. It's not It's not like where we're saying they're going to finish up at the end of the season Correct. these spots. Mm-hmm. It's just based on what we've seen this last week. Mm-hmm. Power-wise, what do we think the ranking that that doesn't have any bearing whatsoever on what happens from here to, to December at all. And what I found with these, first of all, everybody does these different. Everybody has a different formula for how they arrive. All twenty of us probably have a slightly different way we do something in this. But I I know for me personally, as we get to the last, you know, after the halfway point or so, like somewhere after OU Texas week, somewhere in that ballpark, middle of October. We start to get to that area. I know that it will start factoring in to my decision where I think some of these teams are. But right now, I don't have anything for that. You know what I mean? There's only been a couple games. Um, and in case in point, let's say Oklahoma suddenly loses a game to somebody in the middle of the year. That doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to drop them behind three teams that have, are undefeated still. I may keep them below one, above two, depending on how good I think they are versus them. But right now, I don't have a enough of a sample to do that you know what i mean so right now it, it literally is pretty much week to week as we go by so i mean i know that's how i do it and, and i i can't fault, fault anybody now there are some rather stupid ones out of the 20 guys that voted with us and girl that voted with us um i won't get into who they are because i don't want to <laughs> hurt their feelings but there are some really i mean there's just no there's no case for any for a couple of them whatsoever but i mean if that's how they want to do it that's how they can do it uh anything else we need to say about these no Brady, you got anything else you want to add in? Nope. All right. Let's roll into the games this week. Uh, Brady, you still with us? Yep. Okay, you're doing a good job being quiet. I couldn't hear anything over there. All right. Um, first one on our list is uh, TCU-SMU. That was the first one we had of the week there. Obviously got off to a late start there with the rain delay. I know it kind of sucked for me because I was really – well, in a way it didn't because we had to go eat. So it was kind of nice because I got to wait you know, and see more of the game that way. But it just kind of sucked waiting for a game. I know you were excited, especially me because Thursday night, freaking NFL took over TV. I uh, didn't have my usual Thursday night college game unless you wanted to watch Kennesaw State and Tennessee Tech or whatever <laughs> the hell that was. So it was a little better for that, you know, getting to finally get to see a real game. Um, I don't know. Uh, Colin, just your thoughts early on this game. Well, what I wanted to see in this game was how Sean Robinson came out and played against a better team. You know, SMU is obviously not very good, but they're still a a D1 team. So, anyways, he, he kind of reverted back to what I thought he was last year. He wasn't real accurate with the passing. He struggled a bit. He played good late in the game. He was involved in the running game, obviously, which is particularly his strength. Obviously, uh, Kevante Turpin, super mm-hmm. stud. You know, mm-hmm. without his punt return, you know, I don't think they lose a game, but it's a lot closer. So, I don't know. I, I think they were kind of looking ahead towards Ohio State a little bit, especially early. Uh, yeah, I was curious about that, Kendall. I, I, mm-hmm. Man, this was a 
a I don't want to say it was close game because it never really felt like yesterday you had a chance, but there early it was a little worrisome. I don't know. Is that? And here's the thing too: this TCU team has been known at times to kind of be a little bit of slow starters. Not just this season, obviously, because we haven't had a, a big sample size, but. With the exception of what they did to OSU last year in Stillwater, where they took off pretty early, a lot of the games, they've been kind of a slow-starting team, and it's bit them in the butt. I mean, I know it did Norman last year, a couple other games. It really hurt them. So, I don't know. Do you think this was TCU looking ahead here or just typical TCU stuff, the rain delay? I mean, what do you think caused more of it? Well, I mean, I, I definitely think, you know, the rain delay starting, what, two and a half, almost three hours later than what you normally start. I think that probably played a little bit to do with it. Then also, you know, having Ohio State on your schedule coming up next, you know, I, I can see how they're kind of overlooking SMU. Because, I mean, obviously they're, they're much better than SMU. So I think going into the game, though, I, um, you know, I, things I wanted to see was, one, I wanted to see Robinson be a little more accurate, like Colin was saying. Also, I wanted to see them kind of find a running back to, to, to kind of be their bell cow. And it seems like more like they, they spread their, their carries out, you know, quite a mm-hmm. bit again throughout this game. So, you know, I, I don't know how many things have been answered really going into this upcoming Ohio State game. And, you know, I, I'm there's, there's too many things I want to see. But I will say you're right about the slow start thing. And that would scare me going into, you know, to this upcoming week. That, mm-hmm. that worries me a little bit. Yeah, especially against the big teams. They can't afford to do that. I mean, definitely not. Uh, Brady, you know, we've, we've had our doubts about Robinson. I know me and you personally have probably been a little more down on him than a lot of other people have. Um, you know, I guess Colin has too to some degree. There, there was there was a lot of hype over a guy who had like 13 career completions coming into the season that people just thought they'd seen something. And, I, and again, I know a lot of it is, is recruiting and all that, but I don't know your thoughts so far in his progression. Where do you think Robinson is? You know, how close do you think he is to his ceiling? I think, I mean, it, he's definitely struggled throwing the ball. I think he's far, far away from where his ceiling is. I think if he can, you know, have an off season like that year that Boykin, you know, came back and was awful one year and then came back the next year and was unbelievable. If he could work on accuracy and get that down or just have the offense adapted to him to where they give him those high percentage throws, I think he'd be he'd be really good because he's got that dual threat ability. I mean running he's he's definitely a, a great runner. So just that threat of that <clears throat> that option of him taking off and running the ball, I think will open up a lot of things for them. Uh, with this game in particular, I thought the SMU, the start of the game, I was like, you know, I think all of us were sitting there going, what is going on with TCU? Are they are they really not going to be, you know, competitive this year type thing? And then they kind of turned it on after that. But I think a lot of that can be attributed to them looking, looking ahead to Ohio State. I mean, I can definitely understand the the thought process with that. I mean, you got a big game coming up this week with, with a perennial program. So I don't know. I, I'm still, I think there's still a lot of question marks. They haven't played anybody, you know, worthy, I guess, of, of really getting a, a picture of what they're going to look like this season. But I think, I think they will be pretty decent this season. It's just a matter of how well their quarterback can uh, take them through the year. Yeah. I expect, um, I don't think they, uh, and this is not, you know, rocket science. A lot of teams do this. I don't think we're anywhere near seeing the full weapons of offense that they're going to try to deploy no. against Ohio State. I think they've held on to a lot of things, so it's made them seem kind of vanilla at times. But I know for me, looking at Sean Robinson right now, I don't know what he's going to be <clears throat> two years from now. I have no idea. But right now, what I see in this quarterback, 
I would like to see them get more into the old Texas Tech type situation with the passing game where you're just throwing the ball out quickly and let those receivers eat. Like I, I don't think he's ever going to be a guy that you can sit back there and throw it 40 times all over the field, hit all the throws. and all. I just don't see that player in him. But he's a good enough passer, and with the threat of his legs and the way he runs the ball, I, to me, as good as his receiving core is, you've got to let them make plays in space. And to me, that would be the best thing for him. Let these guys – you know, bubble screens. I know some people say the bubble screens are dead. A team like this, I think, would be great um, because he's, he's, you know, there's a threat of him running. There's a threat of him faking that screen and doing that play where you peel off and run around the other end of the line. I mean, there's all kinds of things like that you can do. You can fake the screen and turn around and hand it off to the running back and let him take I mean, there's a lot of things you could do with it. And I think with them, uh, just the, as good as these receivers are, as athletic as they are, as fast as they are. Now, I'm not saying don't ever take a shot, obviously. That would be great to do that because that's when you do start – you get the defense creeping up and you can burn them. But to me, for him to be a high-percentage passer, that's what I think they need to do. So uh, as far as the running back situation goes, I, I don't know. I Obviously, we think Anderson's the best one, and he's going to play most of the downs. I honestly personally think it's just because they're trying to save him for as long as possible. Yeah, very little can be true, um, yeah. I don't think it's anything to worry about yet. Um, now, I will say this. If we go into Ohio State and we get out of that game and he's only got 10 to 12 carries, maybe there is something we need to worry about there. Because the other guys, in my opinion, aren't quite on his level to where they can get away with just all three of them against a team like that just, you know, in revolution. Um, they can come in and give him a blow, four or five carries a game or whatever. But nine carries for 69 yards, I don't see him doing that the rest of the season. So, I don't know. Uh, just um, the, the, the slow start for me – Again, I think TCU slow starts a lot of times. It's not the end of the world. I don't know if it's just the way Cumbie calls plays and get into that. But for me, I think the rain, anytime there's a rain delay like this, a lot of times it seems to affect the away team. You know, the the home team gets to go sit, chill in their locker room, their comfortable locker room, do whatever. It seems like it does affect the away team. So I think that was probably part of it too. Um, I don't know. Anything, anything we saw this weekend that worries you guys real quickly going into Ohio State game? No, I thought the the defense played good. So that you know, you obviously expect that out of TCU. Mine always goes all goes back to the quarterback. You know, I, I could see if Ohio State finds a way to shut down Robinson in the run game at all, TCU's in big trouble, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I agree that's that my too. one big takeaway from this game. Well, I will say this about Robinson: the, the sample size we have is very small. So, I mean, I I I, I caution about you know saying that he we're, we're not sure if he's gonna be any good because I mean it's such a small sample size. I mean, I. You know, whenever it's your first time really go around as far as being the guy, it, it, it takes a few games to kind of get your feet wet and to feel comfortable back there in that you know, position. But I do agree which I, I, that they ought to do more high percentage plays early in the game to try to get him into a rhythm going forward. Because, I mean, especially against this Ohio State defense, if he, if he is out of rhythm, it, it, could, it could back up in a hurry. That's why I, they've got to be careful. If he gets – too antsy, too big in a hurry, too trying to do stuff, you know, trying to do too much too early. He's gonna start throwing picks, and then it, then that game snowballs on you quickly. Because again, I know we had somebody ask this question today on the on on Twitter. This fan base is going to be probably about seventy percent Ohio State fans, guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, they roughly, I don't know the exact numbers on TCU, but roughly it takes TCU somewhere like seven to ten years to graduate. <laughs> what a single class graduates out of Ohio State or whatever, you know, like a the the group after the four years or whatever. It takes like seven or eight, you know, times to do that. So I, I don't – I just don't see any way possible, even in their backyard, that that TCU outdoes out Ohio State. I just don't. Uh, I haven't looked at the ticket sale numbers. Anybody seen those yet? I have not. Um, I'll have to look for those this week and post them when they come out. But I just – I do not – I mean, I know Ohio State's the kind of fan base that – 
whatever gets sent back, they'll buy up too. So I mean, they're you know, you're. It wouldn't surprise me if I don't know how many. Do you guys remember how many they open up for these college games at Jerry World? They don't do in that stadium. Well, you guys would know you're Cowboy fans, aren't they? Isn't that technically a hundred thousand seat stadium capacity? Isn't it possible to do that there if they wanted to? Brady, do you know? I think I think max capacity is somewhere around like 110 or 115, but that's like clearing out all the aisles and added in, you know, no room. But I think I want to say at the Big 12 championship game there was somewhere around like 80, 80, 85,000 seats or something like that available. See, I was thinking for something like this, it'd be about 70, 75. That's what about like an NFL stadium would be, but I could be wrong. I don't know. Um, but whatever that is, you know, say it is 75, 70, 75, I expect about 40 of those to be Ohio State fans at least. So we'll see. I don't know going forward. Um, good luck to TCU. We'll talk more about that game this week. It'll be one of our games of the week. So, uh, all right, rolling on real quickly to Mississippi State and Kansas State. Um, I don't know. I'm curious to ask Colin because I think Colin has been down on Kansas State more than any of us. So starting with you, did you expect this uh, to happen Saturday? Maybe not in the fashion. I did expect them to lose and lose by decent margin. You know, um, when we had – oh, who was that? I forget his name. Hall. Is it Mike Hall? Oh, um, oh, I can never remember. You know I can't do names. Matt. <laughs> Matt, Matt Hall. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, when we had him on, he was talking about how good Mississippi mm-hmm. State's defensive line was. And then, you know, after this game, I, I saw something come out on Twitter that was basically talking about the discrepancy. There was an NFL scout in attendance, and he was there to scout basically – you know, 13 or 14 mm-hmm. Mississippi State guys and then two Kansas State guys. So, again, before I – sorry to interrupt you. To the people that come after me on Twitter for saying there's a cap on the talent Kansas State has, that right there is what you're ch- chasing. Kansas State is never going to be the team that somebody's coming to watch 13 guys for. They're just not. Right. So, I mean, you look at that, the defensive line, obviously, for Mississippi State just dominated this game, kept the run game in check for Kansas State, and the quarterback struggled again for Kansas State. I mean, that's, that's what it's going to come down to. I don't know that they have – good enough quarterback play this year to actually truly contend for the Big 12. That, that's my question, Kendall, to you real mm-hmm. quickly. Um, is this team still not figured out its quarterback, in your opinion, or do they know and it's just not there this year? Well, I mean, just by watching the game to me, just just simply just watching this Mississippi State game, if you don't think Thompson, to me, is your quarterback going mm-hmm. forward, like something's wrong. Like, yeah, I, I don't get I don't, it either. You know, I, I, it's not that I don't think Dalton's a good athlete stuff, but as far as being a quarterback, I don't feel like he gives you enough – to win ball games at the quarterback position, and that doesn't mean that he can't help you elsewhere. I think he is a good athlete, but it's just it, when you watch that game, you just see the difference. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it was pretty blatant, obvious to me watching the two play, which one I th- I felt like was better suited to be quarterback for that team. And, and you know, I don't know exactly what the plan is going forward, but if it was me, I would be leaning heavily, heavily on Thompson and and Delton be run, I mean, would be backup only in in you know an injury case or something like that, not just plugging him in for a few series. I, I wouldn't do that anymore. Uh, Brady, do you feel like this is this team is just more lacking playmakers this year, or is it pretty much coming around the quarterback play? They can't get the ball out. I think it's I think it's both. Uh, I, I think they do have some playmakers, but I also think that the quarterback play is is very lackluster, at least right now, anyways. And I think a big part of it, you know, go with go with one QB. I've never been a fan of two QB systems, anything like that. Uh, I've always been a guy that, you know, if you're going to start a guy and want to, you know, he wins the quarterback competition. So if it's Thompson, stick with Thompson throughout the game. Let him try to build a rhythm. Let him try to get some something something going where he can build confidence. I mean, even if you get beat the, during the game, 
you're at least getting him reps and getting him in a rhythm to where he can actually maybe be more productive next game. So, I don't know. I didn't expect this game to go this haywire. I thought K-State would lose it, but I thought it would be a a really close-fought game. I thought even maybe a field goal to win it type game, but just the way Mississippi State was able to come out and absolutely dominate running the ball was was pretty surprising to me. I, you know, I I uh, I obviously expected Mississippi State to win. I mean, based on my pick last week, but I don't know. Again, I don't know if I was quite this dominating. Um, the thing that maybe I don't want to say shocked me because it's hard to depend on what you believe in more. I know Mississippi State's defensive line is really good. I mean, it would probably be the best in the Big 12. I can't even – I mean, my God, they're going to send probably three of those guys to the NFL. Yeah, I uh, so. TCU's the only one that comes close to that when they're completely healthy. And I don't – and to me, maybe one of those guys starts for this defensive line. Maybe two. Maybe. Maybe. They'll be playing a lot. I'm not sure. I mean, this defensive line is really – I mean, the defensive end guys is yeah. – I mean, he is Sweat, I believe yes. is his name, if I remember right. He is a, a stud. I mean, you're talking like a high first-round pick, top ten pick. I mean, you're another Chubb-type guy that just got drafted last year. Uh, only I think he's probably more athletic than Chubb. So, you know, they're, they're, they got three guys that go in the NFL out of the four that start. The fourth one probably could play or, you know, sign a contract with somebody. Um, so, I mean, they're really good. But we know Kansas State's offensive line is really good, you know. Some people were even saying better than Oklahoma's in the Big 12. And, I, again, I don't, I couldn't get there. No surprise. I didn't think they were quite better. But I, thought, I knew they were pretty close. I thought they were pretty good. They got dominated in this game. I mean, absolutely dominated. And in a fashion that I don't – I mean, you take even like a for, – for example, Georgia versus Oklahoma last year, they didn't dominate Oklahoma's offensive line the way this one had. It went bad. So that was what probably surprised me the most. If we really believe – this is the second best offensive line in the league, and I think we probably do, at least on paper. I can't think of anybody else that I would put over them. Um, that's a little worrisome. They got dominated that badly. Well, and, and you know, in talking to Matt Hall last week, also he brought up the offensive line did play very good uh, against uh, South Dakota as, as well. I mean, like they, they they struggled against them as well. So I mean, when, whenever you take that into consideration, they've had two weeks. To where they have been subpar. Now, obviously, this game is kind of different because the athletes on the other side are, are tremendous athletes. But mm-hmm. you know, two weeks of, of struggling to me, you know, because I think we all agreed that the one thing we thought they were going to be able to do was be able to control the, the line of scrimmage and run the football. And th- these first two games, they have not been able to do that. Mm-hmm. So uh, going forward, that is worrisome to me because um, one one of the strengths we thought they have obviously is not panning out that way so far. Mm-hmm. And I and I think. Too, I mean, you, you would think that they're going to be able to do that at least against the lower half Big 12 tier teams, but to what extent and for how long? Because the way the quarterback plays right now, guys, the, you don't fear the passing game at all. And they're not the only team in the Big 12 like this. I mean, we're going to get to a couple more here in a minute that they're in trouble against some of the defenses they're facing this week and the next week and the next week because there's just no threat of anything but running the ball right now. And you can't do that even in the Big 12. I don't care if you're playing – obviously you're going to have a little bit more success against Baylor, but when Baylor can sit eight or nine guys on you and know that that's all you – I mean, you're in trouble, guys. I mean, I don't know. Kansas, I guess there's such a discrepancy there defensively probably. Well, I don't know. they got a couple guys that are going to play in the NFL too. So, I mean, yeah, you're, you're in trouble when that happens. So, I don't know, guys. This game, when you combine it with last week – you know, had they dominated last week mm-hmm. – Probably wouldn't be much of an overreaction to this game. Probably just be like, you know, they were just out, man, out, gun. But when you get Martin with last week, guys, I'm worried about Kansas State in terms of we thought they were going to be, I think most people thought, now some people had them contenders, possible dark horses to be in the Big 12 championship, a few people. But 
I, you know, I think most of us had them in the top half of the league anyway, top five, top six, somewhere in that ballpark. And I don't even know if they're that good yet. Well, and I, and I think Brady brought up a good point too, as far as what Mississippi State did rushing the ball. I mean, they they had 384 yards rushing, you know, 9.8 yards of carry during the game. I mean, that to me, that's not what Kansas State usually does. The one thing, you know, they usually are able to to stop your run, or at least control your run a little bit, mm-hmm. and, and you know, you can throw the ball on them usually a little bit. But you know, to to let the floodgates open like that in this game was also kind of surprising. Yeah, 211 yards uh, by the leading back for Kansas for Mississippi State on 17, on 17 carries. carries. As a comparison. Alex Barnes, is that his first name? Alex, yes. yeah, had 17 carries for 75 yards for Kansas State. So, I mean, you know, that's just – that's not going to get it done, guys. Um, you know, Schoen did have a decent game as re- at receiving, two receptions, 34 yards. One of them was a pretty big uh, catch, if I remember right, for I think like 20-something yards, if I remember right. He had a touchdown to go with it. But there really wasn't any bright spots in this game. Um Excuse me, Thompson was your leading quarterback, 7 for 17, 86 yards and a touchdown. That's not going to get it done, guys. <laughs> it's just not. No. If you're passing for 86 yards in the Big 12, I know he only had 17 attempts, and you know, but still, I, I just I don't know, guys. I'm worried about this team compared to what they were going to be, what they thought they were going to be. This team's looking like a, a, a 7 or an 8 in this league right now. Well, well, the one thing that Kansas State has always been good at is, like I said, it's control line scrimmage, running, and then hitting that that play action pass that, mm-hmm. that surprises you, and that's kind of where they get their their big chunk yards in the pass game. But if they're not able to control the line of scrimmage and, and be successful running the football, that takes that completely out of the game too. So uh, you know the, their offensive line has, has got to get shored up yep. going into Big Twelve play. Where, where you're right, they are going to be in trouble. And the thing that they've maybe been the best at the last twenty five years in the country is special teams play, and it was just okay. I mean, it was nothing. And nothing really stuck out to me. He said, oh, my God, they're going to be really good at this. So, I mean, that's something to worry about for them, too. Some of those bonus plays they would get in games that they really needed them ain't going to be there this year, I don't think. So, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, moving on, who do they play this week, this coming week? You said you had the schedule in front of you, didn't you? Uh, UTSA. UTSA? Oh, okay. So, well, hopefully they have a chance to get it right. I mean, Baylor beat them this last week, so I, I, they can certainly win that. Is that in Manhattan? Do you know off the top of your head? Uh, yes, it is. Okay, so maybe they can get right in that game. Um, if they can't win that game, guys, they're looking at a real bad year. I mean, like a a four and you know eight kind of year or something like that. So they'll beat UTSA. Surely, I, I would think so. I would assume so. But you know, you still have to have a quarterback make some plays, and they can't seem to figure that out yet. So, all right, moving on to the next one of the day: UCLA, Oklahoma. Um, this one was interesting in the fact that UCLA was a little bit better than I thought they would be. But and again, they got a few guys back that were key starters. They played a little bit better than I thought they would. I thought from everything we saw in the first week and everything we heard about them that they wouldn't quite be as good. I mean, that, I mean, and that said, Oklahoma only gave up seven points in the starters. So I mean, it's not like you know anybody made them look good or anything like that. They just were a little bit better than I thought they would be. They're a little bit more athletic at quarterback and stuff like that. Um. I don't know, Brady, starting with you, because I know you watch this game real closely, you know, what just a few of the things you took away from this game? Um, as far as stuff that I think needs to get shored up, um, I think Tyler Murray obviously played a played a hell of a game, had put stats all over the board, and also won player of the week in the Big 12, I believe. But uh, <clears throat> to me, what I think – and I think it needs to get, get better as the year improve or year goes on. Is he needs to get better at those short passes? It seemed like every pass, you know, those little uh, screens and swing left, passes yeah, and things like that. Swing yeah. passes, screens. Yeah, it seemed like you missed on just about every one of those. Mm-hmm. I don't remember him completing one actually. So, to me, 
does he need to make those passes? Yes. If can he still be successful without it? Sure he can. But if he can make those passes and get the defense spread out even more and, and have them anticipating something like that, I mean, we all know the guy's athletic ability is fast as hell. So if he can spread the defense out, I think he'll be able to run run all over the place if he can get those passes down. Well, case in point, that one he missed to um, Hollywood Brown, if he hits that, Brown's got two receivers with both guys blocked completely out of the way. All he's got to do is split them, and there ain't nobody in front of him. And if yep. you don't have somebody in front of Brown, you're not going to get somebody in front of Brown. So, I mean, it, it that you know that single play right there is probably an explosive play, probably for a touchdown, unless the safety can get over there and cut him off that they didn't get. Yeah. You know, Ultimately, it didn't matter, but it is going to matter in those games that are – you know, 35-32 late in the fourth quarter when we need one of those. You know what I mean? So that, that's where you're going to have to figure that out. Um, yeah. You know, as far as, go ahead. As far as good, though, uh, I think the defense still is, is looking good so far this year. They're looking much improved from last year. Uh, one of the biggest things that I thought, obviously, Murray, Kenneth Murray getting going. He didn't, have, he didn't record a tackle last week. So seeing him get after the ball uh, – I mean, I think he's going to be a great, great linebacker from this year. But the biggest to me is that Mark Jackson, uh, he led the team in tackles this year or that against UCLA. And to me, that's huge for them because coming out of camp, it sounded like Addison Gums is going to be the starter there. And uh, as we know, Addison Gums Gone, blew yeah. out his knee yeah. like the day before the first game. So. A lot of question there with, with that position. I think Mark Jackson coming out and having a good game like that will only build confidence in that defense. Uh, Kendall, you guys go ahead. Uh, before I say anything else, Kendall, go ahead. What, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, the positive thing I, I see in this game, and also in the first game as well, um, it, it seems like defensively, it seems like maybe they've changed some of the schemes up and everything because they seem to be more free and more flowing to the football. There doesn't seem to be as much thinking, e- even with the freshman kids. Mm-hmm. You know, usually the freshman kids are a little bit delayed compared to the older kids, which is totally, you know, naturally when you're when you're young like that. But it just seems like they're – I don't know if they've, like, changed up, the, you know, the way the terminology or their, you know, what exactly their assignments are. But it just seems like there's a lot more flow to the football and a lot less thinking and more using their athletic ability to get somewhere. And so I, I really like the way they've been playing the last two weeks as far as that. You know, um, uh, as far as on offense, um, you know, I, I'm losing – to me, losing Rodney Anderson, I, I'm, that's kind of up in the air how big that's going to be going forward. Um, you know, there's there's a bunch of debates. You know, the, the real strong OU homers feel like it's really not as big of a deal. And then, you know, the, the opponents think, well, that's, that, that's the end of them, which to me the truth is somewhere in the middle. I think they got enough running backs where they can survive. But, I mean, losing him to me is, it is a big hit – Especially whenever you start getting into close ball games and things on the line, because I think he's special. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, well, the play he made against Kansas State last last yes. year, that game doesn't get made by anybody else in that line that night of backs, and they lose the game. And, and, the, and the way he ran against Georgia, mm-hmm. I mean, like I don't know if they have a back that can do something like that. That's that's special, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but that being said, they have a talented enough group where where they they're still going to be competitive, and there's not like you know. You know, doomsday by any means, but um, you know, going forward, that's going to be interesting. And, and I, I agree with what Brady said about as far as, far as uh, Murray being able to hit those short passes. I mean, that's something that you have to do. Um, you know, and it's something that you know, it's kind of surprised me. I, I thought that those are usually your easier passes to hit, so I was kind of surprised that he wasn't able to hit those. But then, like some of the tight windows and different things, he was able to put the ball right in the spot. So it's kind of a tell two tapes with him. Like, oh my gosh, this is amazing to 
whoa, what, how do you miss that throw? It was kind mm-hmm. of, you know, it, it was tell two takes with him. But going forward, I mean, I, I, you know, this is only his second start as well. So we kind of got to take that in consideration. But I, I they're going to keep moving. I mean, they're, they're, there's enough talent on the field. They're going to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Colin? Uh, my takeaway, same as Brady, I thought the defense was playing much more aggr- – well, actually, that was Kendall. Defense is playing much more aggressive, in my opinion, which you saw the tackles for loss and sacks and stuff in the first half which is the only part of the game I watched because <laughs> I was leaving to go to another game. But, you know, uh, C.D. Lamb obviously had a great game. I know that one catch that I saw that wasn't a catch was just insane. You see the other one that he made one-handed? No. He made two one-handed in that I, game. I saw the one where he catches it with the inside arm, one-handed, like, backhands it as oh, he's falling out of, out of bounds. Yeah, yeah no, there's one he made that was actually in bounds that was one-handed. That was ridiculous. That, that might be one of the best catches I've ever seen. But anyways, you know, you have him playing like that. Marquise Brown's obviously what he is. Um, you know, same as Kendall. I, you know, I said it last week. Also, he's going to have to get better at those intermediate passes. Mm-hmm. He, he was lobbing them up, and and some of them just timing. I was I was trying to think, imagine myself trying to throw across the middle to Brown when he's streaking across, and the guy's running like four two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just you know getting the ball in the right place for him to catch it. But well, it, uh, go it, ahead. Even the passes, even the pass, like the one, the reason Lamb had to catch the one one handed, the one you haven't seen where he's across the middle of the field, it's because it was behind him. Yeah, he had to turn around like that famous Malcolm Kelly catch. I, I used to say probably the greatest catch I ever saw on Owen Field. It was incredible. Uh, it's since probably been passed by a few guys, but he turned around backwards and he caught it with one hand. And I mean, the same type of thing. It just, it's behind him. Now, it seems to me like those throws east to west where he has to lead somebody, those are the ones that give him problems. It's, it's the, you know, north-south, deep balls up the seam, even deep outs to the sideline, doesn't seem to be a problem. And he clearly has enough arm. That was another question a lot of us had. I thought he clearly has enough arm. Um, I don't know that you can out-throw Brown, but he might be able to do it. Now, he, he's got plenty of arm. So I don't know about that. That's definitely what he's got to work on. Um, defensively, for me, I, I can't I'm, – I'm not – this defense clearly isn't Alabama. They're not going to be – but I definitely think it's better than last year's defense already. I'm already willing to say that two games in. And, like, you're talking about them playing more freely. It could be some of the terminology. You, you could be right there, especially with younger players, and they knew they were going to have younger players impacting them that they thought they needed to do that. I think it is a little bit, too. They just trust the athletes more right now. Um, you're talking about, what, three new linebackers, Brady, that are starting? It would be three? Three out of the four? Well, you well, if you, Murray's there still. So yeah. Outside so, of him, you've got – Depends on what formation uh, they're in, Bolton. really. Bolton and then Jones most likely and Jackson. Yep. And yeah, so I mean, you got you got three. To, so it depends on how many they line out there. But those guys, you've got two to three new guys in the secondary that are playing, depending on what formation they're in. I mean, I think they trust the speed and the young guys a little bit, the athleticism a little bit more. That's what I see. It's a fast defense. It's a lot faster than some of the ones they've had in the past, where it's just kind of been. Seniors that have been there for four years playing because they know the system and they're decent at their job. This is more about the better athletes playing, and I think some of that is they trust them a little bit more. Now, they're going to get beat. They're young. The tight end play where they got burned, and, and to me, UCLA exposed that. If I have a tight end, now here's the thing. <laughs> I'm sitting here trying to think who has a good tight end. Excuse me, I'm stopped up tonight. Um, I'm trying to think who has a tight end in the Big 12 that can absolutely hurt them. I, I, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, but that is a, got a, clearly a thing they're going to have to work on because that guy was open several times and the quarterback just couldn't hit him. And then he does get the one big play down the line. So they're going to have to store that up some. But they're going to have a bust like that or two a game. They just are. They're that young. They're, there's a lot of freshmen and sophomores or first-year players out there. But I'm willing to, to give that to get what they're doing. I mean, they had five sacks before halftime. So, I mean, 
I'm willing to take that over and, you know, give up one of those plays. You know, it's okay for me. And with Khalil Houghton back there at safety, I'm sorry. I'm just not a fan of the guy. It's going to happen anyway. So we'll see. Um, going forward, they got Iowa State, first Big 12 game of the year this year. So that that's uh, definitely – I think we're going to know a little bit more about both teams. I'm personally not as high on Iowa State right now as I was going into the season. But defensively, I think they're good enough that we'll have an idea and on the road for this team where they're at a little bit more. Obviously, we'll have a little bit more of an understanding about Iowa State after the game too. So, I, I will say just as far as UCLA, I, I thought their quarterback being a freshman quarterback, I, I think he's gonna I, be good. I, I think he has a chance. That's what I was gonna yeah. say. I, I was pretty impressed with his his composure, even when he made mistakes or missed something or getting sacked. He never he kept his composure, and for a freshman kid to do that, you mm-hmm. know, in, in a, an environment like in Norman, I, I was pretty impressed with the kid. Now, you know, yep. we'll, we'll see what it is going forward. But I, for a freshman, I thought he did a hell of a job. You could be looking at a younger, bigger Kyler Murray type guy. I mean, he can run, he can throw, he's really athletic, he's really strong. He just, he's young. He just hasn't put together mentally yet. He's a lot he's got to learn. I mean, to step up and hit that big play with the tight end early in that game when they're down and they really need it, you know, they end up, or I'm sorry, not down, tie game. And they really needed it. That was big for them. So I, you know, I definitely, I think the kids are going to be pretty good one day. Uh, UCLA, like I said, all in all, they were a little better than I thought they would be. Uh, seeing how bad it was the week before, but they still, he's still got a lot of work to do there uh, in that program. So, all right, uh, next one rolling on Central Michigan and Kansas. Um, wow, ESPN uh, has screwed this up. <laughs> I have. We got, any, I, we got any celebratory music to play? Uh, no, I don't have any, but I'm, I'm using their summary page, and it says Central Michigan won this game 45-27, to 27, and I know that's not true. <laughs> um, their entire thing got backwards, wasn't it, the other way? Did, I don't know. 31-7. 31-7, okay. Uh, so, anyway, I can't go by the scoring here, but uh, <laughs> you guys, I don't know, Kendall, what do you think about uh, Kansas this year? Oh, wait, is this last year's game? Is that what they did here? I didn't know they played last year. Did, did they? they play last year? I don't know. To, well, yeah, because they're saying it was at Kansas last year. And yeah. So I don't know. Good. I'll have to look. But anyway, go ahead, Kendall. What happened in this game with Kansas? Well, I, one, one thing that I was impressed with was after the debacle last week and, you know, all the things swirling around with, with the coaching, all the different things going, you know, all the things being said publicly and everything, for them to go – to Central Michigan, and they haven't won a road game in what, like 46? 46 straight games. Okay, so the last road game they won was when Mark Mangino was still coaching. Okay, okay good lord. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was uh, 2013, wasn't it? 2009. Nine. I'm sorry. That's right. Jeez. 2013 was the last time. Okay, never mind. Go ahead. That, that's, I mean, like, Makes that, that thought is just still yeah. crazy. You know, so for them to go into this game, I, I, I was I was kind of thinking maybe they were kind of lay down a little bit. They came out and fought. That they, they, you know, their, their effort was good throughout the game. And, and to me, that was a sign of a, of a team who who took the criticism maybe they were hearing and, and tried to spin it around and turn it into something positive. Mm-hmm. You know, they could have easily went out there and rolled over, which you know, and, and it wouldn't have surprised anybody, I don't think. But I, I was really impressed with just how hard they were playing, and, and you know, they 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 got up and, and kept playing. You know, and it would have been easy, like I said, just to do that. And uh, as far as offensively, uh, the Puka Williams, I mean. What he had fourteen carries for one hundred twenty-five yards. That's I mean, good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he had he had a very good game. Two touchdowns. Yes, and defensively, I, I felt like they were flying the football. They made uh, interception, a pick six. Um, you know, on a good return, they they, they played hard. In which, you know, like I said, like, to me, that was the biggest the biggest thing for me to see in this game is not necessarily the outcome, but just them willing to go out and keep putting it on the line and playing hard whenever everybody in the whole country thinks, oh, well, they're you know they're the worst team, you know, in the Power Five. All these different things have been said. For them to go out and get the effort to me was really impressive to see. Colin, does this team 
the team that stepped into Central Michigan on Saturday night, are they 2-0 and if they did this the week before? That's a good question. Is this um, this? Basically, I'm asking how much of this has to do with Central Michigan and how much of this was Kansas. There's a lot to do with Central Michigan, but also you didn't have Puka Williams week one. You put a guy like that into the lineup week one, maybe the game is different. Uh, the the main thing that stands out to me on this game is that Central Michigan turned the ball over six times. Mm-hmm. It's pretty dang hard to win a football game if you turn the ball over and, six and times, and one of them gets returned for a touchdown. Kansas isn't technically you're a juggernaut at getting turnovers either, right. so yeah. I don't know. I mean, you know, our, our guy Fitz, before the season started, you know, shout out to him. He said this was the game that they had the best chance of winning, mm-hmm. which we all kind of laughed at him and said, no, it's going to be Nichols. Nichols is a game that they're going to win. Yeah. But apparently, you know, Central Michigan obviously isn't very good this year. They lost a lot. <laughs> I just, I, I come back to the, the turnovers, man. You just can't win a game with six turnovers. Nope. Brady, your thoughts on this game? Puka Williams, man. They finally got a playmaker. I think I think him in the lineup uh, feed that man the rock. Mm-hmm. I mean, with with him in there, I think uh, I think they have a chance to win another game this year. <laughs> I don't want to get too crazy and say a couple games. <laughs> yeah, but, whoa, now. <clears throat> I see them. I see them. You know, you leaning on him a little bit. Uh, the defense, six turnovers, looked really good. They had four picks. I thought that was really good to see out of them. You know, there's definitely a lot more fight from Kansas in this game than than I've seen in the past. I don't know how long, but, you know, it seemed like the guys were fired up. And, and to get that road win after 40-something games or whatever on the road, crazy stat. But to get that off their back, uh, I think I think this team, we, we, we may see them to start try to turn things around. If they can get a couple wins under their belt, another win, another couple wins, whatever it may be, then maybe you start to see the recruiting uptick. I know Corey bashes them every show with, you know, it seems like they lose a spot in rankings every week. They make it too easy. <laughs> but if if they can pull off some wins and get some excitement built up with that program, you know, their new stadium and everything that they've kind of announced they're going to try to get going, I think they can finally start recruiting some athletes to get into the program and at least starting start being somewhat competitive. Yeah, definitely. I just wanted to throw in also with Peyton Bender. I mean, 17 to 26 for 130 yards against Central Michigan is not going to get it done in the Big 12. No, it's that, not. That sticks out to me as well. You know, you're averaging five yards. ESPN has him with a QBR of 48.4, and this is a 31 to 7 win. So let, yeah. let's take into, fact, into account that I, I think there were obviously two big play touchdowns. You take those out, this game's a lot tighter. Well, and. And is is Kansas, you know, and again, they're clearly miles away from being, you know, the Todd Rees in Kansas. But in terms of being a respectable opponent, is it just about the quarterback play? Is he is it a lot of it him? Is that since we had, you know, 125 yards and two touchdowns and 14 carries from Williams, that was clearly enough offense to get things done. Is it really just mostly about the quarterback play with this team, from being a decent team, from being a team at least somebody has to show up for? No, I don't think so. No. Well, <laughs> I think it's much more convoluted than that. Well, I too. Because, I mean, the one thing we said, like, during during BD's first year was the kids go out and play very hard. I mean, they, they come out and they play hard and, and they give everything they got. Well, we haven't seen that lately. And, and so this game to me was kind of like, oh, they look like that that first year of BD where, where they were, you know, you're, yeah, they're going to lose the game, but you're seeing 
really good effort and you're seeing kids go fly the football, try, trying to make things happen, we haven't seen that in a long time. Mm-hmm. So to me, like I said... Since uh, year one, really. Yeah, exactly. And so I, I was just really impressed that, you know, one thing I was thinking about was, can you imagine the plane ride home? This is the first time any of those kids on the plane ride back back home have, have had a, yeah. a good experience. Like most of mm-hmm. the time it's like we, we just lost. So, I mean, this is the very first time they've actually, on the plane, probably enjoyed the flight back home as a team. Like, we, you know, we did something. Yeah. That's... That's pretty crazy. I mean, that's a that's a weird thought. You I, know. I should have had I should have pulled it up and had it ready to go, and I forgot about it. But this actually wasn't the worst. Bro- this was the second longest uh, road loss streak of all time. I'm completely forgetting how they said the other one was, but uh, I want to say it was like fifty something games or sixty something games. It was forty-eight. So maybe that's what it was. So I mean, as far as like FBS division, I'm sure there's a division three team out there that's lost for twenty years. Who knows? But. Um, you know, as far as that goes, FBS Division One, it's it's the second longest. So, but I mean, that's a long time, guys. You're talking almost a decade, nine years. Idaho um, State. Idaho State, they got the longest one ever. I think so. It says 48 here. Yeah. So I mean, that's well, it could be more. <clears throat> that was a year or so ago. So. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't keep track of them. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah. I mean, we'll see going forward. Um, let me ask you these guys real quick before we move on. If this team continues to improve a little bit off this, are they are they at least going to give Baylor a game in a couple of weeks? Personally, I think so. Um, I don't. I don't know. In I don't, Waco, although also. Well, I mean, I will say Baylor can score, but I feel like you can score against Baylor. Um, now, are they going to be able to score enough? I don't know, but I I don't I don't necessarily think they're going to go in there and absolutely get their doors blown off. Uh, if that makes sense. That's yeah. one thing I noticed about Baylor this last week. I didn't get to see it as much in the first game. Uh, this last week, they are – I'm trying to think of a nice way to say this. It's just a bunch of guys on defense, and and not even Division One guys in a lot of cases. They're not, not big Power Five guys in a lot of cases. Um, they've got a lot – especially in the back half of that defense, to some degree, some of the guys I saw play in that game, they've got some work to do uh, defensively and replacing bodies there. I mean, they're okay, but they they – when they start seeing real – Power five competition. I got a feeling they're going to give up 50, 60 quite often. I don't know. We'll see. That's just my assessment of last week. We'll see. I will say this as far as going to the Baylor game, this game coming up against Rutgers, if they were to to be able to win this ball game and have back to back wins, have some momentum, have some good things happen, um, you know, their attitude going into to Waco is going to be a totally different attitude, mm-hmm. you know, than. than you know, if they lose this game. I, I think this is a really pivotal game as far as what that Baylor-KU game is going to shape up like. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's move on to the next one. Or uh, Lamar in Texas Tech. Um, not a whole lot to say about this one, other guys, then you know, Kittle probably says it best. It's an ass-whooping. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, can we just play a long fart noise? <laughs> they, <laughs> and we knew Lamar was bad, you know, um, and all that. I mean, they had won the game the week before, but my God. I, I wanted to tell you, I saw a stat on that. So they, Lamar beat Kentucky Christian. That's the, the team that they the Kentucky Christian Knights. Mm-hmm. That school has a total undergrad thing of 500 students. Holy wow. Crap. That's the school that Lamar beat. How are they even Division One? Uh, they're they're not. not. They have to be Division One. You can't play anybody below Division One. How do you build a football one. team? <laughs> that's a good question. But that, anyways, that's what that's what Lamar played. They have to be Division One. Oh wait, is Lamar? Lamar's not. They're, they're, they're SCS. Lamar oh yeah. Is. Okay. Well, no, 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 no. Is still Division Kentucky one. Christian is in AI. Okay, so they. Could, I guess you can do that then, because oh. yeah, because they. As I say, you have to be. You have to play people on. Is I was Lamar? Where's Lamar? Is Lamar in AI? Or are they? No, they're 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 SES. 
Okay, I was thinking Lamar was in AI school too. Okay, I guess not. I didn't yeah. think you could play. I guess FCS schools are allowed to. I know if I know FBS schools they can't play outside of Division One, so they'd have to be something like that. Five hundred um, students. Good lord, man, that's <laughs> that's bad. My lord. So that's... they went they went from pounding a team seventy to nothing to losing seventy seven to nothing. Well, see, and here's the thing, I, uh, it really throws me on that because. I really want to give Texas Tech credit in this game because they did what they should have done, but they did it even higher level than I thought they would. Um, and while we know Lamar isn't very good, I don't, you know, I, I, it's hard to when you hear Lamar give anybody any credit. But I do think people understand Texas Tech did a lot of things well in this game. I guess oh, yeah, is what definitely. I'm trying to say. Um, a lot of things that would have been tough even against air, for lack of a better term. You know, they they did a lot of things. That were, I mean, the laying passer, 22 for 25, guys, that's hard to do in practice. That was in the first half. Yeah, well, okay, yeah. And that, I mean, that's 22 for 25. That's three passes he missed, and I think one of them was dropped, if I remember right, out of the out of the, out of of the the 25 he threw, guys. For 282, two TDs, I mean, I'd like to see the yardage go up a little bit in that situation, but that's it. I mean, that's... All, again, all in the first half. 282 yeah. yards passing in the first half. Now, uh, let's get to this. They We've been on them about running the ball. <laughs> Six carries, guys. Six freaking carries. That's their leading rusher. Now, I know they had a little bit more, too. I think a couple other guys had carries, too, but... Six carries for 81 yards and a touchdown. Well, that's what do we the, think about that? In that's the freshman quarterback. So that was the yeah. guy that came. Oh in yeah, the that's Jet Duffy, isn't it? Yeah. yeah so, so I mean, Felton was the leading ru- the leading running back with 17 for 69. So okay, so they did have 17 carries with that. Yeah. Okay, so that's a little bit better. But I mean, I don't know, guys. That's I guess if you balance it out. Here's the question I have too: Are they going to do this with Duffy going forward in games? You know, is it just to get him out there because they didn't have anybody else? They just want to throw a backup quarterback out there? Or are they going to try to do a package for him? Because I think. Six for eighty-one with one touchdown is at least. Um, should they at least? I guess what I'm asking is, should they at least consider this as a package for, for games going forward? I don't think they. I don't think you're going to have a package. I think this was more. Let's get Bowman out because Carter's still hurt. We right. don't know we're just getting him hurt in a blowout. So let's bring the freshman in, and then, you know, on top of the rushing, he went seven of nine for ninety-three yards. Did have the interception, but obviously, I think I was just playing against the. The backups for I guess it's probably starters for Lamar, but mm-hmm. just mop up duty really. I know so I, don't, I don't think they'll have a package for him. I know it's kind of hard to answer this Brady, you know, with what we've seen in two games. But um, again, given the opponent, where do we think this defense is in terms of what a lot of people thought they could be? Um, based on their first game, I thought it was off to a pretty pretty bad start. But Lamar, I mean, they're obviously not the not a litmus test that you want to want to use, but I think that they definitely showed that they they're capable of of making stops and making plays on defense. Uh, I'm still I'm still a buyer in their defense, based on years past defense. I think they're a much improved unit over the last you know couple of years, and and I think they'll still have a good year. They'll be able to make some stops. I mean, to me, if you were to give Patrick Mahomes a defense like this, I think they would have won a lot more games with him. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, on this, <laughs> quickly, I want to pull out on this uh, point out on this win prob- win probability. I can't talk here. Uh, it's, I, it's the first time I can ever recall just a straight line. Like it didn't go. You know how it, like favors one team, then favors right. another team, or at least you know it's literally a straight line. There is not a single dip in that dang thing. Well, one thing I will say about their defense: the first game is against Ole Miss, and I'm curious to see going forward through SEC play. How Ole Miss plays against some of the, you know, the quote unquote mm-hmm. really good defenses because I mean they're one of the better offenses in the in the SEC, so right? Yeah. And so I'm just curious, you know, if if they hang, you know, pretty good yards and some points on say Alabama, all of a sudden 
what Texas Tech did against them in that first game doesn't necessarily look as mm-hmm. you know as off-putting as we thought it was after game one. So you know, I, I it's kind of one of those things where once it plays out, we'll kind of see what we think. But you know, if we're going based on what they've done over the past, like Brady's saying, they do have players in the right spot to be a good defense. So I mean, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. I, I do think that to me, that's why you know a little bit I struggle with this one in terms of you go from one end to the other. You go from playing a, a quality SEC team to a really bad team just in general. It, but that's what I mean. Like, I think I see improvement in this win. Even though it was 77 to nothing against practically air, um, you know, that I do see some improvement. I, you know, a bad Texas Tech team, a really bad Texas team, a really bad Big 12 team doesn't go out there and put up, beat this team 77 to nothing. And, and keep in mind, they did swap out a lot of starters in the second half. So, I mean, they still blanked Lamar even with backups, you know. So, <clears throat> I'm not sure what that says for Lamar, but I don't know. I just I I don't want people just to kind of gloss over this game and think, oh well, they did they did do what they were supposed to do. But it was a, impressive. They did, I do see some improvement in this team, so we'll see going forward. Uh, have we heard anything else on? Uh, he'll be back next week, right, Carter? I think he he's day to day, so he has a high ankle sprain. So it's really just going to be if he can play through it. That's so. the worst one you can have too, yeah. for sprain. So all right, who do they have next week? I can't. You guys are better at keeping up with that. Well, yeah, I said in you. Houston. 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 Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Okay. All right. So, Houston, that'll be an interesting game. They did knock Houston off last year when a lot of people thought Houston would win that game. That's when we start kind of noticing Tech doing better. So, all right. Rolling on to the next one. Getting there. Winding down. A few games left. Uh, Iowa State and Iowa. The Stihawk game. And I... I don't know about you guys, but this was probably the most disappointing game of the week for me. Um, I really thought... You know, one, I was excited to finally get to see Iowa State play. Obviously, I'm sure they were way more excited than I was, but I was excited to see get to see him play finally. We know what this game means, um, you know, to that state and to our Iowa State fans in our conference, you know, versus their their cousins over there in Iowa that they do battle with or whatever. But I, you know, I really expected them. I really thought they could win this game. Um, you know, Kemp going out when he did didn't help, but again, that was the third quarter. They didn't really show much in the first half. You know, I don't know, Kendall. What what happened in this game? Where did it all go wrong? To, to me, the biggest thing was Iowa State's offensive line. It, it, they just absolutely got manhandled this game. I mean, there's there's really no other way to put it. I mean, they they uh, they, they they struggled running. They they struggled pass blocking. Um, you know, I, I think they only averaged like what I think it was 0.8 yards a, a carry rushing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with one of the probably one of the better backs <laughs> in the entire nation. <laughs> yeah, you, you heard know, that right. Point eight. And, yes, and, you know, and and to give Montgomery a little bit of credit, I mean, he was literally having to make moves in the backfield and do everything he could just 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 to like not lose yards. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it was that kind of battle for him. And, and so um, the, their offensive line, it, it has to be addressed. I'm not sure exactly what what it is going forward. But uh, they just absolutely got manhandled. There was no other way to put it. Defensively, I felt like they played they played well enough defensively to win the ball game. Um, you know, they, they they played well. They tackled well. Uh, you know, we were kind of worried about Joe Lanning. You know, losing him in the middle. How how that work out? Uh, Rose, the true freshman middle linebacker, that kid was all over the field, mm-hmm. and he made some really really big tackles, really good open field tackles on some backs. Um, I, I was very impressed with him, and I was very impressed with the entire front seven of Iowa State because Iowa typically usually has a pretty good offensive line. They, they they played well enough to win the ball game. It was just. They could. They were on the field so much, and then Iowa State could could not do anything on offense. And you know, you put those two things together, well, it, it's very hard to win a ball game. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely. <clears throat> you know, and, and Montgomery to point to your, to to help guide your point. 
17 carries for 44 yards. That might have been the worst showing of a back in the league this week. Uh, that I can think of off the top of my head. To have that many carries and only produce 44 yards. I mean, that's very un-David Montgomery-like, very un-Iowa State-like. Um, I do know, like you said, you guys talked to whoever it was in the, when you interviewed last week. I forget now. But they were talking about how good this defensive line is. You know, we knew the front seven was pretty solid for Iowa, Iowa but – I just I expected a lot more and to not and I know a lot the offensive line clearly I think is kind of the core central point problem the crux of this issue for this team because we know Kemp can play we've seen enough of that by now we know they've got receivers Butler is a good receiver could start for pretty much anybody in the Big Twelve off the top of my head um, they've got playmakers there the rest of the receiving core is not bad they've got size they've got small guys Deshante Jones you know on and on and on you know Deshante Jones could make anybody look silly in open space so I mean they've got players. The answer's got to be the offensive line. I mean, by deduction, there's nothing left, you know. Um, so uh, that's a problem in that you're not fixing that. It's not getting better. Uh, you you can have guys improve, and you can try to teach them things in video and stuff. But And, you know, offensive lines can come together and improve. I'm not saying they can't improve. But when you're talking about this level of detriment compared to where they want to be or want it to be for this season, I just don't see them closing that gap in a year. I don't know about you guys. No, no. Sure. I'm, yeah, go ahead, Ray, sorry. For me, I mean, this is a this is a tough game for Iowa State to have Iowa right out the gate. You know, your first game got canceled. I don't know. <clears throat> Iowa's defensive line, from what I've heard, is is one of the better defensive lines units out there, especially in the Big Ten. But uh, to me, you you're, you want to you always want to start at least in my opinion you want to start with the team that that you can kind of iron your kinks out with and and Iowa's not a team that you can iron those kinks out with so i don't know if we saw the the true story of how Iowa State is going to be this year uh based on this one game but i mean i was definitely a little disappointed in in the offensive production from Iowa State i thought the defense played well uh it's just the offensive standpoint i felt like they should have done a little bit better, but I think they were just stymied by that Iowa defensive line and and really didn't have any answer for it. Yeah, and you saw the best of one team against the worst of another team probably, and it just went bad. Um, mm-hmm. You know, right now I would say this offensive line unit right now is the worst. We've seen one game. A lot of teams improve one game to the next, um, and there's a lot of things that maybe they clean up and fix on film now to see it. But when you're talking about the best feature for Iowa against the worst feature probably for Iowa State, it went bad for him, real bad for him. And again, I, you know, this is, I don't know if it's the best defensive line they'll see. I still, I'm still really high on TCUs. I think they're really good. Uh, again, losing, um, oh, what's his name, the defensive tackle they lost. Losing him, uh, you know, hurts him obviously. If he's there, they're healthy. I, I would probably give the edge to TCU right now. I might give the edge to Iowa. I don't know. I just think TCU. Huh? Yeah, so, Blacklock, yeah. I think TCU's got better athletes than Iowa does, period, on the defensive line. Iowa's defensive line is really good players. But you're talking about full athletic scope of the play, I, I think TCU's a little bit better. Um, but regardless, this is probably the best or second best they'll see all year. And it just absolutely tore into them. The problem is, even if, you know, some of the other ones they see are a tier less, I still think they're having enough problems on the offensive line. They're going to be in trouble. I just don't I don't know what they do. Teams, and, and we talked about this before we got on the show, when I got here, um, right now, there's nothing about Iowa State that scares you in the passing game. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, they have to get more time, obviously, for him to do that. But, uh, you know, there's nothing that scares you. So, if you're a defensive coordinator, why would you not just come after this team right now? You, you know, even if it is six, seven guys at a time, just come after this team until they show you they can beat you. And if that happens, 
they're in trouble, guys. I don't know what they're because I just don't see them picking it up right now. Well, I mean, one one thing that that if you look at Iowa State last year, they were able to run the ball successfully with with Montgomery, which you know help open up a lot of the passing. You know, help do that. Where in this game right here, they, they just couldn't do anything. They couldn't run the ball. They couldn't pass the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Kemp had no time. Uh, it, it was it was just a really just really bad game as far yeah. as up front. I mean, there, there was nothing, you know, it's hard to blame Kemp for some of the things, you know, because he, he took some big shots. I mean, big shots. And, and uh, you know, and so I, I feel like there, there has to be some change. I know that they had to move good over um, uh, over to center because the center was hurt. He's normally the left tackle. So they, they did have some mix-up up there that they probably weren't necessarily planning on having up there. Uh, but – all in all, it was bad. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, they, they have to do something different. Well, and I mean, like I said, it can get better. I just don't know how much better it's going to get in a season. I don't know. You know, it's not like they can go sign a couple of free agents that are a lot better talented guys. So, I mean, you have to have what you, you have to work with what you got there. And, you know, again, it's only the first game for them, you know, going to the third week of the season this coming week. I just I don't know that there's maybe not a worse opponent for them in the Big 12 that, that they could be facing this week because of – just how much talent on the team, but firepower. Here's the problem, you know, if they go out and they only put up three points, and you know, and I'm not saying it's going to happen, but let's just scenario: if they go out and only put up three or six points against Oklahoma in the first half, they're they're done because Oklahoma is going to put up quite a bit compared to that in the first half, and they're not built to catch up on a team like that. So that's what I'm worried about for them in the Big Twelve. They start falling behind these teams, these TCU's, these Oklahoma States, on and on and on. They're not built to do that, and when a team can come after you like that with a lead after an offensive line that hasn't shown to be able to stop it, that's when they really get in trouble. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, you know, obviously it's only one game right now today. I don't see this team being a contender for the Big 12 like a lot of people thought. But, you know, three weeks from now we may have a completely different opinion. We'll have to see. Uh, we have to hold a little bit more judgment for them with it only being the first game. So, Do, do we hear anything on Kemp as he, far as that, how long he's going to be out? Um, well, it, it's a it's – a, it, uh, game time decision, I think they quoted or something like that. Well, they're, they're saying that, but it's pretty much he's not going to play. This I, week. He's not going to play this week. I, I don't see there any way of him playing. Um, it's not you know serious enough where he's going to be out you know six weeks or anything like that. But to come back one week with that injury, mm-hmm. I I don't think he'll be ready to just yet. But um, you know, it, luckily it wasn't you know, more serious than what it was. But yeah, to, to be in the OU game, I'm I'm gonna say Zeb Nolan's going definitely going to be your quarterback going into that game. Yeah, and I th- and I think they've kind of. But from some of the things that I've been reading, like on the uh, Des Moines Register and stuff, that's that's pretty much way that Matt Campbell is kind of leaning just by some of the words he's saying. Mm-hmm. It just yeah, if he doesn't feel like it's going to be Yeah, he came out and basically said we're we're optimistic in the press conference this week. We're optimistic. It turned out basically better than we thought. Mm-hmm. But if you read between the lines of what he said, there's basically no way he's playing this weekend. He's just uh, not going to be ready. I think they may have him on the sidelines and pads for emergency purposes, but I just don't see any way he steps on the field. Yeah, and 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 to be honest. It's it's in the kids' best interest and team's best interest for him to hold him out this week. Even if they mm-hmm. lose the game going forward for the rest of the B12 play, it's probably better that he sits out anyway. Just just give him uh, you know let that thing heal up a little bit. So yep. All right. Iowa State has had success against Oklahoma starting new quarterbacks. Yep. I don't know if we can say it's a trend, but yeah, one time is one time a trend. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Um, all right, going into the next game, Youngstown and West Virginia. This one. Pretty much about what we thought. I don't think anybody thought anything else would happen in this game. Youngstown is not a great, uh, you know, uh, apologies to the Plains and all that down there or up there in Youngstown. But uh, it pretty much went the way we thought. I don't think anybody thought anything different. Uh, Will Greer, I will say, 
Um, at times, there was a couple balls people threw that kind of had him iffy, but I think people are just nitpicking. I mean, that's that's analysis I hear from other people. I thought he was fine, 21 and 26, obviously, for, for but from everything I saw, he looked fine. He did have the one pick, but I didn't see anything in this game that worried me for West Virginia. Um, I didn't see anything in this game that made me think West Virginia is more than what we already thought about him coming off the Tennessee game. I don't know about you guys. Well, I felt like they, I mean, they had a little bit of Tennessee hangover just because – they had a sluggish start coming out of the gate. Uh, you know, at the end of the first quarter, it was only seven nothing West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I think uh, Wilger threw a pick. I think there was a lot of that this you week. Know, I think there was know, a lot of hangover after week I, one. From you know, week. I guess coming you know from playing an SEC opponent and then playing Youngtown State, I can kind of see how there would be a little bit of drop off there. But they they got off to a sluggish start. But the, but the good thing was they were able to get things back on the rails, and, and Wilger was able to, to to throw the ball around and do well. But you know, I that, that was the only thing I said. That I thought they just kind of got off to a sluggish start. But that's neither here nor there. I mean, they're mm-hmm. definitely way better than, than Youngtown State. So, uh, Colin? Gary Jennings. Uh, I would like to say that still the best wide receiver on that team. <laughs> uh, Sims led led them this week, but, I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think he's the best one, too. Well, you go back to last three year. Of his four t- I mean, three of the four touchdowns agree with you were two Jennings. So. Yeah, and, and I think I go back to last year. He had 97 catches or something. It was either 96 or 97 catches for just around 1,000 yards, but only had one touchdown. Mm-hmm. And to me, last year, Dave, David Sills, his whole season was built on the fact that he had 18 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's it. There was no – And you're going to start yeah, seeing – I mean, the dude's was. a great receiver. Yeah, I don't want to take well, a away I don't from know if I'd say he's great. He's good. He's a really good receiver. He's very, Yeah, he, he's a great receiver. But Gary Jennings is the is the lead receiver for this team. But also, Letty Brown. You know, Skyler and uh, Jason were talking about him in the offseason. Dude had 15 carries for 115 yards, one touchdown. This is a, a true freshman coming in. Pacing the uh, the running backs for the for this game. I mean, the run game was there this week. I don't know that. Doesn't seem like you know they didn't run for 289 yards against Tennessee, obviously. But I did want to see them go out and establish some type of running game, especially going into Big 12 play, since they're not going to be playing this week. But Lady Brown had 15 carries for. Is that Lady? Is that his first name? Yeah, Lady. Yeah, Lady. 15 carries for 115 yards and a touchdown. I mean, that's solid. I mean, if West Virginia gets that out of the running backs or out of one. You know, you throw in whatever else the running backs by committee do in the game and then give them what will – I mean, that's that's right on par for what this team needs to be doing each week. Did, did you guys see um, Dana's comment on Giovanni Stewart? Mm-mm. So he's the, the linebacker that replaced the guy that's out for the year, uh, Charlie Benton. And he basically said they had to put him out there so that David Long wasn't the shortest linebacker in the country anymore. <laughs> I guess Javonni Stewart's like 5'8". Yeah, well, Brown's what, 5'11", I think? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I was just cracking up foot. I saw I that. mean, he's not a very tall guy. He doesn't look very tall. That's the one thing I've noticed about West Virginia on defense, too, as a whole. You know, not to be – they just have a lot of short guys on that defense. I mean, even last year, you know, what's his name? I'm forgetting his name. The, the defensive tackle, that nose guard they were so high on that was a freshman last year that left. Yeah, I don't Man, he was like five nine on a good day. I mean, like they, they just have, it's weird. I don't. It's not. I'm not. You know, downgrading this. It's just odd. They do have a lot of short guys on that defense. It's something interesting. Uh, you know, that one guy they have at walk ons built like a box. He's like, what is he like five eight four hundred pounds or something like that? <laughs> like he's. I don't know. They got some weird stuff going on there with some of their guys. But anyway, I don't know. Not too much else we can learn from West Virginia here. Obviously. Um, but we do have to give them credit. They did what they needed to do. Um, mm-hmm. You know, 17 points to Youngstown State, I think a touchdown. I think 10 of that came late in the fourth quarter. This, I can't remember now. It's been four days ago since the games were on. I'm having to pull from four days' memory. This game was played in the rain, too, wasn't it? I don't, yeah, there was, there was right? yeah, that's right. The weather, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. They did what they were supposed to do. I give them credit for that. Can't drop them. Can't raise them up. You know, to me, I can't put them out of one yet. But, you know, if they – 
do this to a really good team, then yeah, we can start talking about that. So, all right, um, who do they got next week? Um, cancel. Oh, that's right, cancel. duh, dumbass. I forgot. Yeah, um, hopefully, you yeah. guys all stay safe out there. You know. Yeah. Uh, it, please listen to the weather people and get the hell out. If it, there's, I don't understand why people stay. If you have a choice, now if you don't have a choice, you don't have a car, and you're listening, that's fine. I, you know, call us. Maybe we'll come get you. <laughs> But Corey, uh, I'll get I'll get a, a sixteen passenger van, and by God, we'll beat that thing up there, and we'll come get you guys. But um, you got like I know Skyler lives in the area of where the yeah, hurricane. It's definitely be. you people so, in the uh, Carolinas need to definitely mm-hmm. pay heed to that. So, uh, and I know there's a lot of West Virginia fans that stream down through there, down that corridor mm-hmm. through all that area. So. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we can uh, send a biplane after you or something. But just, you know, get out of there if you can. Please beat this thing out. Go be safe if possible. I know people love their homes. If you have homeowner insurance, take what you need and get out. Uh, a lot of people are stubborn in these situations. Uh, all right, moving on to the next one. Oh, uh, before I correct, if you haven't heard, they are expecting this game to take place in October now. Uh, is it like the 16th, I think? I'd have to pull up the tweet I saw. There's uh, one of the guys that covers West Virginia tweeted it out today. So there are some people out there. Is this a Thursday game? They're wanting to move the Iowa State game to the, Thursday. No, the uh, the uh, is that what it is? I thought they were going to move this game to a uh, the West Virginia game to a West Virginia NC State game to October. I saw that today. Yeah, was um, a, they were moving that game to a Thursday and Iowa State game to another. Oh, no, okay. no, 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 no. I, we're we're butchering this. Yeah, yeah. there's going to be some changes. Yeah, I can't remember, <laughs> but I was trying to let people know because well, the reason the point I was trying to make was even Dana Holgerson today. Was saying, well, they told us to get ready for NC State, so that's what we're doing. Duh, 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 duh. That's BS, guys. It's not happening this weekend. I know there's conflicting reports out there. Oh, it's been officially canceled. I know, but I mean, there's still conflicting reports. Depending on who you believe official is, I guess, because people are like, oh no, I saw this, and I, that. it's not going to happen. Okay, it's not going to happen this weekend. So don't expect it to. I know Dana just a few hours ago, six, seven hours ago, was saying, oh, well, we're still preparing for them. It ain't going to happen. So. Move on. It'll happen in a few weeks. Let it go. Enjoy your weekend. Find something else to watch. I wish it was on, but it ain't going to be. Here's a tweet. It's from Brandon Lowe's, who you're talking about. So it has, West Virginia NC State game will be canceled, most likely played October 13th, and the Iowa State game pushed October 18th on Thursday night. Man, that's a five-day turnaround. Screw that. Yeah, I think they should just cancel it. And yeah, well, I don't know. Some, I, I do, but the ethical part of me says no. But the common sense part of me says yes. Who cares? I mean, it is a chance to see two really good quarterbacks. The NC State quarterbacks right now, if you did it today, is probably the first pick taken out of quarterbacks in the draft. Um, although the Drew Lock kid in Missouri might be coming up on him pretty closely. And then you got Greer. Some people believe he's a first round pick. I don't, I can't quite get there with him at quarterback, but he might be really close to first round pick. So, um, you know, you're talking about a battle between two really good quarterbacks. It could be an interesting game. I would like to see it, but ethically, I think they need to play it just because it's not fair to certain teams. You know, you're playing less games, on and on and on. But I don't know. We'll see going forward. Maybe they get it in. Maybe they don't. Uh, next one is UT San Antonio and Baylor. Uh, the big bad Baylor Bears here again. I freaking pulled up the wrong year on the summary. It's uh, <laughs> what was the score? Of this one, thirty-one to thirty-seven twenty. Thirty-seven to twenty. Freaking thing, 2017. Corey's living in 2017 still. Oh, it keeps pulling the crap up every time I do that. And hell, it's still starting to sell me tickets to last year's game on this one area. I'm like, man. So, anyway, 37 to 20, they win. Um, you know, I don't I don't know that we learned a whole lot about Baylor, guys. I mean, is there anything, I mean, as far as position battles, the quarterback, do we kind of feel like it is Charlie Brewer now it after is. this game? 
it is, yeah. Well, I mean, from, I think from what I read, he's not making that call yet. He's still saying it's they're going to continue rotating well, quarterbacks. What the hell but is he doing? If they're going to rotate them, then one of them throws three, four passes, and the other one throws six. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, like it that's, just, that's just what he said. He said that he doesn't feel like anything's been decided as far as is concerned and that it's breeding good competition between the two and pushing them to do more. Bull. I, I just don't – I don't understand – well, if, if you go back to the to week one, McClendon had the best game going mm-hmm. away. Yeah, Brewer yeah. was not great. But wasn't he given more of the chance? I mean, that's kind of no, – I didn't get to finish they rotate, that game. I they the rotated half, every two series. I don't know. Now, this game, it obviously looks like Brewer carried the, carried the load, at least as far as attempts. I didn't get to watch this game, but, I mean, from what I've read, it's still it, – don't expect that to go away next game. I don't know. So, we, so we're still thinking they're going to do that again this week. Who they yes. got this week, Duke? Duke, Duke, yes, and that's in Waco because I remember mm-hmm. we played that on the yes. road last year. Um, you know, on Brewer, he's twenty. Was that twenty three for thirty four? Uh-huh. I mean, three hundred twenty eight yards, two touchdowns right now. I don't know what three touchdowns. Play the guy, like I don't understand. I don't well, know. Well, especially if you're only going to run the ball two point nine yards a carry against UTSA. Yeah, you know that's all they averaged against him. Which to me, I would I would expect them to run the ball a lot better than that in this game. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you know I. Jalen Hurd, uh, he played, you know, the transfer from Texas. Great a game. Bit, played, played a hell of a game. Mm-hmm. And, and Brewer played really well. So, I I, I think going forward, you have to go. Brewer's got to be your guy. I, I don't understand the whole philosophy. It doesn't make sense to me at well, all. Well, and in McClendon, is he very mobile from what you guys have seen? I, I haven't seen him really get tested as far as, like, rolling out the pocket or anything like that much. I, to me, and the reason I ask that is because offensive line for Baylor isn't exactly, you know, Wisconsin's offensive line out there. They've got their issues. They're still having to fill gaps and stuff. So, Brewer is mobile, guys. Brewer can do things. Brewer can move. I just I don't get it. I don't get it. You don't have to tell me that. I picked him as the top yeah. two quarterback in the league. Or Second best passer in the league. <laughs> he may not even have enough stats to qualify for the for at all uh, by the time the end of the year gets here. But I don't know. I just um, defensively, that's a big concern in this yeah, game. Yeah, and, and I mean, you gave up twenty points to a not very good UTSA team. Uh, I'm trying again. Four days ago, these games happened because we were late this one. I'm trying to remember, but I want to say. Seven of them came in the fourth quarter from UTSA, and I think if I remember right, Baylor already kind of put it away at that point. But I, I don't know, guys. I just defensively, this team worries me. I, I, you know, I've tried to be positive on Baylor all year, as positive as it can be, given the situation they're in. I just, I don't know that they're going to. I, I, I don't think. I think they're going to find a way to win enough games. They're not only going to win one again this year, but. Well, they uh, one more. Oh, they one. did two. That's right. They're two and zero. Oh. Well, okay. Let's let's look at conference play. That is I think not a hot take. I think they'll win more than one in conference play this year. But I just I don't know, man. I that defense scares me. Well, I don't they're know. just going to have to go to the tech route. They're just going to have to outscore. They're going to have to outscore people. Yeah, but how, but if they're not even agreeing on the quarterback, and you're you're not running the ball very well on top yeah, of that. Yeah, you're not running the ball at all. I don't know. There's just a lot. I know, I know it's all sunshine and rainbows because they're two and zero oh for a lot of their fans, but. I just see a lot of problems. I don't know, or a lot of questions. I guess I see a lot of questions. Maybe not well, problems, but I see a lot of questions that need answering. Well, the biggest problem with the defense is, is, to me is this as well. Not only are they giving up points that I feel like they, maybe they shouldn't, but they're just not very deep at all defensively. So I mean, if, they're not if, even if you starting depth there is not even very good. No, but I'm saying you know behind that is 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 a big drop off. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if you have the wrong couple of guys get hurt, that defense looks way worse, especially in, in Big Twelve play. So I'm. I you know I'm 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 probably more skeptical than a lot of people just because yeah they are two and zero but I uh, to me that two and zero doesn't really tell me a lot and so I, I'm I, that's my opinion personally but what's the best position group on this team wide receiver wide receiver yeah I think so too Mims and Hurd 
I mean, yeah, there's some dudes, man. They'll, they'll cause some problems for some people. When they've got, and I'm forgetting his name, but they've got a decent slot receiver too, little guy. His name just escaped me, but that doesn't surprise anybody. Um, but <laughs> yeah, Platt. Platt is that it? Platt. That sounds right. Platt. Yeah, he's a little guy. He's, I say little guy. He's about five eleven, six foot. Um, yeah, and so they. I don't know. I agree. Shaver's probably the best group, and it's got to carry him. It's got to. So whoever they put back there, and here's the thing too. You were talking about like, getting hurt. The offensive line situation, it is better in terms of they did bring some guys in and all that, but a lot of them haven't played yet. And, you know, some of them are transfers, Juco transfers and whatnot, but a lot of them haven't played in, in this ball yet. And they really can't afford an injury there either. Now, they can more than last year. Uh, I mean, this, this offensive line situation last year was as dire as maybe I can ever remember of a team having in the Big 12. The five starters they had were just okay, okay, and they didn't have the people behind them were basically glorified tight ends. Like that's all they had. And now they have built that up a little bit, but still, uh, in terms of experience depth, it's not very good. So, yeah, um, you know, run off the checklist real quick for this team. They need to figure out a quarterback. They need to figure out who their best. I think Lovett's probably their best running back. It seems to be he's leading the rushing twice. Um, do we think there's a better running back for them than Lovett? I think you just have two running backs. Yeah. You have him and Hasty. Yeah, I mean, I, I, going into the year, I'd have said Hasty. You know, in the year, I'd have said Jermichael Hasty in a heartbeat. Don't even think twice about it. But right now, Lovett's been getting the majority of the carries in the situation. So um, we'll see. Maybe they're trying to keep Hasty fresh, maybe. I don't know. That's possible. Um, right, right receiver is good. Offensive line, they have rotated a couple guys in and out, but it's pretty much the starting five. Uh, I was looking at their starts earlier today. I want to say seven guys have started so far in the two games, if I remember right. So they if they are figuring that out. Um, they're defensively. I don't think. The, I just don't see a whole lot to get excited about defensively. I don't know. Do you guys? Uh, is there anything no, yeah, this no. defense? I mean, defensive line. So I don't know. I know it's happy they're two and zero, oh, and I don't want to doubt. But there's still again. I go back to what I said. I'll go. There's way more questions than I have answers right now with this team. Mm-hmm. Um, who do they have this week? Duke. Duke, that's right. We already said that. Duke. So, and Duke um, beat them last year. Now, there was, I want to say, like three interceptions from Baylor in that game, four, to- four total turnovers. And I want to say three interceptions. So, Duke's Duke's going to be missing their, their starting quarterback. Best yeah. cornerback and their, and their quarterback. Yeah, their quarterback got hurt. Is he out for the year? I know he's out for this game, but I don't know. Yeah, he broke his collarbone and had surgery. Oh, okay, on it. so yeah, he'll be out. So, yeah, there's no chance of him coming in and rescuing him. So, yeah, I would expect Baylor to win this in Waco, a better team. Duke is not exactly gangbusters, so we'll see. All right, going on to the next one, Oklahoma State and South Alabama. Um, uh, I guess in this one, a few questions I have for you guys. We'll just we'll play a little game of questions here, starting with, in your opinion, <laughs> the freaking computer did it to me again because it's showing me Mason Rudolph. Um <laughs> Real quickly, did the did Oklahoma State answer? Uh, okay, some of the questions starting with the quarterback. Did Cornelius, you know, starting with Kendall, did Cornelius answer any more questions, or did he make things worse, more convoluted? What did he do? Well, I mean, I, I I'm still not sold on the situation. I, personally, um, I he played a little bit better, but then again, when you look at the, the stats as a whole, you know, the two picks kind of worry me a little bit. Um, he, it's one of those things where like. He, He'd be on the run. And he'd throw this dart on along the sideline that was like a perfect pass, and then come back and just totally miss a guy by seven yards. So it, it was kind of one of those topsy turvy things where like, oh, oh, that's a great throw. Oh, what the heck was that? You know, you, you, I went back and forth in the game, and you know that that has to be settled out by the time you get into Big Twelve play. Mm-hmm. And well, for that matter, it better be settled out by the Saturday because you know Boise State's coming to town. Um, but me personally, I'm I'm still I, I have question marks about him. Still to this day, and so I'm 
I, you know, I, Colin was there in person, so maybe he can kind of, you know, have a little more insight being there in person and watching it. But I, I'm still not sold personally. I don't know, Colin. What did you see? You know, out of the wide receiver, I, I still saw some forced throws and some things like that. I mean, what did he? Did he? Is there a single thing you thought he improved on this week? I thought he was more aggressive. That's what I wanted to see. I thought he was much more aggressive, more decisive in the first half. The one, one of the interceptions was just a hell of a play by the cornerback. He, yeah. he was sliding down and literally, like, hit, when he was sliding, his arm hit the ground and the ball just landed on his elbow. Mm-hmm. Like, it was an amazing – Oh, you're talking about the, uh, the it, fumble? It was, no, it was the interception. I thought you were talking about the fumble play where they didn't want to – oh, that was Missouri State. I'm sorry. Yeah, but no, I mean, it, it was a great, a great interception. The other one was just a terrible pass. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think – I think it is what it is. I mean, he's. I think he'll improve kind of as the season goes, but he's still going to make some of these head, head-scratching throws. I think it's been proven at this point that Drew Brown and Spencer Sanders are not playing until potentially later in the season, if at all. I mean, we may not see Sanders this year. What, how do you guys feel about that? Because, I mean, what if Cornelius goes down? How much faith do you all have in Woody? I, I would have loved to see Brown in, in this game. Which we didn't, so uh, I mean, it is what it is at this point. Do you point. have faith in Woody without seeing Brown? And, and what does? No. It, okay, let me ask you what happens in that situation. Seeing as Brown hasn't seen a game, Kendall Brown hasn't come in and played a single down yet. So if Cornelius gets hurt against Boise because they're you know say they land on him and hurt him or something, what you know? Brown comes in. You really that's, think so? That's my opinion. Yeah. I agree too. I think he's just using Woody Woody in, in these games right here, just just to buy games in the back end where, where he he feels like. That they'll have better understanding of what's going on, and he can utilize them more in the games that may be more important. Mm-hmm. I, I just feel like Woody to me was just the filling guy for these games, just to eat up the, the you know the, the the garbage time. I I don't really don't he he'll, he'll never to me I don't think he'll ever see meaningful snaps in a game unless it's like an absolute emergency emergency situation in my opinion. This I, this game to me proved that he's red shirting Brown and Sanders. Well, and I kind of again I I bought it when he said it that night. I buy kind of buy what Joe Clatt said. I mean, you know, it's hard to know with Gundy because Gundy is slick. Gundy can look like he's friendly and he can lie straight to you and you know, so it's hard to know what some of these people when they say, "Well, I was in a back room talking with him, who knows." But the explanation he gave was very, I thought, made sense. And I think you kind of saw it play out again in this game, which kind of helped solidify it for me. Like Kendall said, these games where there's blowouts and there's not a meaningful down happening for the backup quarterback or any kind of test, they're not going to play those guys. They're going to play the Wood Tees or whoever. Um, you know, I, that's why it interests me because I don't expect it to happen. I really don't in any way, shape, or form. But let's go ahead and say Oklahoma State's up 35-13 to 13 in the fourth quarter against Boise. You know, you would think he's going to bring in Brown. Then it's not as much of a blowout. Is that what you guys think would happen? You're saying if if Cornelius Oklahoma State is still gets healthy? up comfortable enough, yeah, Cornelius is healthy, but he's comfortable enough. They need to take him out in the fourth quarter. They're up by say three scores. Is that a situation you say? And for since it's Boise State, you know, it's a more quality opponent. Is that what it takes to bring in Brown? Uh, no, I, I still think they would just roll out Cornelius the rest of the game. <laughs> I don't mean that just worries me. That would worry me as a fan. It, it does well, worry me. I, it worried me when they didn't put him in against South Alabama. Well, here's my question though. Especially if you're not, if you, and here's the thing: if you have zero desire, he has zero desire to redshirt Brown or uh, is it Brown the backup? Yeah, the kid from Hawaii, Brown. Yeah. yeah. Um, is he has? You know, I'm not used to having to talk about teams with four quarterbacks. Um. If he has it, no desire to redshirt him. Oh, he's I, redshirt. I just don't him. understand. 100%. Okay, well, because I heard Brown say he would do that, but okay, let me ask you this too: Is there a need for it? Really? Yes. If if 
if you've got three other guys that are in the in that quarterback room, oh, do do you make no mistake? He's being redshirted because there is no depth in the quarterback room. Okay. Spencer Sanders is a true freshman. I think we, we all think that he he is the future going forward. But if you just leave him in there alone with what else they have there, there's nothing else left. I mean, like right. you're, you're, you're you're not putting what what's he like Kendall saying? He's not playing a meaningful. Snap. Oh, so Brown would be done John, after this season. John if he didn't yes. Oh, yes. Okay, I thought he had two. Kolar, years left. he's okay. not playing a meaningful snap. So I forgot about Kolar. Hell, there's five of them. One of those guys is going to be the backup next year, whether it's Sanders or Brown. Okay. That's All what right. that's what this is about. So you have a crowded quarterback room, but you only have one guy right now. You well, there's only four two guys maybe you believe in. Well, Kolar is technically a quarterback. Yeah, but you're thinking Wood, you're thinking uh, Jelani Woods, but he's a tight end now. Oh, whatever. Okay, yeah, you got well, you got Witty, you got Kolar, you've got um, Cornelius, you've got Brown, and you've got Sanders. Sanders, that's five. Oh, okay. So yeah. So it's technically like six if Woods is you know, still the there. Anymore. So, I mean, that's that's the most crowded room in the Big 12. Um, you know, that's a, that's a lot going on there. So, I don't know. That's why I was just curious. If, and maybe if that is what he does, that's smart in one aspect of you're just burning games on everybody. But, man, that just worries me. Uh, if I'm an Oklahoma State fan, that would worry me. If, you know, every time, you know, as an OU fan, every time Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray can come out, please bring in the backup. Let him do it. Let him do his thing. Yes, ours got hurt over some dumb crap on the sideline, but still, um, you just got to do that. You got to take the chance. You got to get him snaps. Um, I'm going to feel a lot more better about my backup quarterback who had nine games where he showed up in instead of one. You right. know, I don't know. That's just me. So, I don't know, going forward. Questions about defense. Um, you know, this this team, again, it's given the opponent, there's not a lot we could tell, but do you feel like you're starting to understand this defense's identity or was it just a flash in the pan kind of first couple weeks? I, I personally think that the, the different things you're seeing as far as aggression and stuff, you are going to see that continue on. Um, I will say that whenever they play against some better opponents, you, you might even see it this week against Boise State, that they're going to make you pay on a few things. Um, you know, there are going to be times whenever – you you sell out for one thing and they they hit someone in the seam or something and go for a big play, um, you know because they they are playing super aggressive. It, it's it's that that's the they want to attack you, which you know and, and from from if you go ask any Oklahoma State fan in the past, that's one thing that we could that could stand was always like the bend but don't break scenario. You know, you you got to make something happen. Mm-hmm. You know, you you can't you don't have you know, a, a, a Alabama defense there. So you have to make stuff happen. And so I, I think you'll continue to see pressure, different pressures. Uh, I'm not sure exactly, you know, I'm sure he has different schemes and things against better opponents. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens this week against Boise State. But I, I will say, if you're an Oklahoma State fan, be ready for some plays to go long on you because it, it's going to happen. Oh, yeah. cause you're, cause like you, I was you, saying with Oklahoma earlier. Right. Yeah. You know, you find that aggressive type of, of situation, you know, but, but, uh, that being said, I think they're also going to make some more turnovers. They're going to have more sacks. Mm-hmm. They're going to have some more negative plays that, that they wouldn't have if they were just playing like they have the past few years where it's kind of more like a bend-but-don't-break type defense. Yeah, it, it's minimized the damage, but the risk is worth the reward because you're going to get you – know, exactly what I was talking about earlier. You're going to get more – and like we've seen from TCU at times too in recent years, you're going to get – the payoff is going to be a pick because you're putting pressure on the quarterback or you are going to be back there to make that play on that screen pass that would normally go for – you know, 30 yards down the sideline because you were aggressive. You got back there and made that tackle. We saw it with Buki last week. I mean, there's just – you're going to be in position to make those plays instead of letting – and it's my philosophy in all, just about all sports, even baseball when I'm coaching it. Attack them, force their hand. Don't let them take the game to you. And that's what we were doing with defense uh, league-wide pretty much. Um, even to some degree with what Iowa State does with the cloud that works so well. 
uh, last year for them that some people are kind of adopting. It's still a lot of letting the, the offense come to them. They're just keeping it in front of them. You know, this is a completely different animal. This is attacking, taking the game to them and forcing their hand. And I love that. I, as long as it doesn't get out of hand, swing for the fence and let it fly, in my opinion. It's way more fun to watch. To me, so far, the risk has been worth the reward. We'll see. Um, and this year, especially, guys, I think this is especially a good idea for whoever's doing it. You've got several defenses going to this 4-2-5 now. The quarterback play isn't overwhelming in this league, so you're not going to pay for a lot of these things that you would have paid for, say, last year or the year before. You're not going to be facing these guys like a Baker Mayfield, like a Rudolph that have been looking at this stuff for four years and immediately see that and change to the right play. I mean, there are going to be some that every now and then get it, but I just feel like you're going to be able to get away with some of these chances more this year because the quarterback play isn't what it has been in this league. I don't know if that makes sense. But uh, anyway, um, if you – okay, we get into – I don't want to go too much because of the preview, but the Boise State game is obviously a big game. It's a big game for the league. It's one of the three or four best teams coming into this league this year as far as opponents go. Their offensive line, we know, like I told you guys earlier, they got 86 starts versus Oklahoma State's 20-something. You know, their defensive line's pretty solid. They have – I don't know that they've played necessarily a tougher schedule than Oklahoma State. I don't know if I'd say that. Pretty fairly comparable. But they've handled business the same way Oklahoma State has, I think, in terms of they've done a lot of what they should have done. So, that said, what kind of game – you know, what what have you seen from this Oklahoma State team that worries you about Boise State from what you've seen from them? I, I, uh, for me, it's the fact that the corners haven't been tested yet. They haven't played an offense. It's really stretched them, you know. And the Boise State quarterback seems capable. Yeah, well, definitely. Uh, yeah. So, uh, that's a concern for me because we haven't really seen them been tested uh, I do think that defensively they're going to have some success against the run and stopping the the quarterback, getting some pressure on him. Uh, I will say today I heard somebody say that UConn, if they were to play Kansas, that they would favor Kansas in that game to tell you about about wow. UConn. Okay. So. Uh, well, I know UConn sounds like a little bit bigger name than South Alabama, but I'm again. I don't think the schedule's really been a whole lot different. I think here. they're about the same. <clears throat> yeah, uh, yeah, that's what I was kind of getting to. I think the schedules have been about the same. I don't know. They they obviously haven't played an offense like this, and they haven't played a defense like it. It's kind of you know they've this schedule this year sets up favorably for them, where they're just basically taking a step each week mm-hmm. as they go. Well, I guess it steps down after this, but you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean. Yeah, it's leading to it. So defense is the main thing for me. I want to see the corners be tested and also i'd like to see the offensive line actually establish some kind of a push you know like we were talking about what was at the game it looked like the running backs were being hit in the backfield and lo and behold that's what was happening a lot mm-hmm. you know um i i think on this like like i said the biggest thing is just the defense being tested because they, they haven't tested at all this these past two weeks um you know which uh that that's the big thing that would scare me going into this game um also uh, on the flip side of that i would say this Boise State hasn't seen speed across the board like Mm-mm. Oklahoma State probably Mm-mm. in quite a long time. Since last season, sometime. I mean, and I'm not sure that anybody in the Pac-12 had, or you know, in that they played last year, but he has. Didn't they play a big non-conference two years ago? They played a really big opponent last year, two years ago, non-conference. I can't remember who it was. Now. But I mean, so I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting matchup because I think both teams, like you're saying, are coming in playing opponents that they, they should man they should manhandle across the board, and, and they have both done that. So this is really going to be a test of both of them. I. But like like Colin saying, I the biggest thing is is just seeing 
that secondary get tested because they haven't been tested whatsoever at all. And so that's going to be interesting to see. And then also, like like you were saying, the, the defensive front on uh, of Baylor, I mean, excuse me, of uh, Boise State is going to be much better than anything Oklahoma State's seen so far as well. So that's going to be interesting to see how well that line that's only had what twenty eight starts, what you said, mm-hmm. you know, how well they they stack up against the one that's had eighty starts. So that's going to be a, a, a interesting matchup to watch on the field as well. Uh, Brady, <clears throat> since I don't know what you got to watch at Oklahoma State, I know it's been kind of a one night. It was a week night and then a late game, but. Um, Tylen Wallace is probably going to be their best receiver this year. I'm just curious with you where you think he ranks, you know, ranks right now roughly in the echelon of Big 12 receivers that are out there. And on a side note, do you think it was a mistake because there was a chance – I mean, there was a time where you could have landed this kid. Was it a mistake by them not to? Um, as far as where he ranks in the league with receivers, I'd, I'd say he's up there in, with, you know, some of the top receivers in the league. Obviously, he doesn't have – experience of some of them but i think that the play that he's had this year is has definitely went a long way in, in getting up him up there as far as oh you not taking a chance with his taking his little brother or whatever mm-hmm. whoever they wouldn't offer his brother so he wouldn't come yeah they're twins right yeah. yeah they're twins yeah i don't know i mean i think OU's done pretty well with the receivers they have and <laughs> they've got another good recruiting class coming in so would the would it be nice for them to have a a Tylen Wallace or on their on their receiving core. I mm-hmm. mean, sure, who wouldn't take him? But I don't know if it's just necessarily been a a blow to their wide receiver corps. Is this guy, in y'all's opinion, is this guy the right now? And I probably would imagine it'll probably end up this way. Is he the Big Twelve newcomer of the year right now? Mm-hmm. Tylen Wallace. Yeah. Is there anybody you could put over him right now? I mean, I can't think of anybody new that's just. Man, that's a tough question. I'm trying yeah, to have it looked at. I mean, I obviously no, we don't know I would bad. say Jalen Hurd is probably up there. I don't know. His first game wasn't very good, was it? Seems like it was. I was thinking he didn't have very many stats his first game. I was thinking it was. I, I mean, he, he had, had great like 50, stats. 50, 60 this week. yards receiving or something. Okay, maybe. I don't know. I mean, Wallace had 10 receptions, 166 yards, and a touchdown this week. So, I mean, he's. I don't know. I Right now, if you were forcing me to go to Vegas and put money on it, I would say this kid ends up probably being Big 12 newcomer of the year. I just I don't know. Do they do offensive and defense? Yeah, they do yeah. offensive defense. Yeah, I would say he's definitely offensive newcomer of the year. Um, I can't think of anybody right now off the top of my head. Defensively, there's probably some kids out there too, but uh, yeah, definitely this one. Um, all right. Hopefully they uh, whip Boise. Man, it's really gonna suck if we have another team in the Big Twelve lose to Boise. I really don't want to listen to that again. <laughs> so uh, hopefully they take care of business. All right, rolling on to the last one of the week. Um, one I think kind of shocked us all to some degree. Varying, variant, different, you know, varying levels of shock probably value to some of us, depending on what you think of Texas. But Texas uh, survives, and I, if you don't know what happened in this game, I emphasize survives. Uh, 28-21 to the Tulsa Golden Hurricane, a team that we obviously know a lot about, living 30 minutes from Tulsa. Um, I don't know, just guys, this one. I, I did not. I really thought Texas would. Hand, I you know I expected like I don't know thirty eight to thirteen or something like that. Like I really thought even even with some of Texas's offensive woes, I really thought that they should. Now I do know Tulsa is a little bit better defensively. They got better last year and they're even better this year. But still, guys, that's to me. This game says more about Texas's offensive problems than it does their defensive problems. I don't know how you guys feel about that. I totally agree with that. They're just too inconsistent on offense. I don't know if you, if you got to do a quarterback change or what to to do something, but the inconsistency is just killing him. Yeah, I don't know, Brady. I mean, uh, what's 
uh, I know that's kind of a broad question, but what is wrong with Texas? I mean, it, you know, as, as short as you can make that. I think it's what you guys said, the offense. I, I don't think they've got anything going that's, you know, really really been successful where you can say, yeah, this Texas offense is improving and, and they're just going to keep getting better as the as the season goes along. Uh, Ellinger, he had, a, you know, as far as completions, he was 21 for 27, so he, he did pretty well throwing the ball as far as accuracy goes, but they just they just can't seem to get anything going that's you know seems to be able to that that tells us that they're going to put up a lot of points in this league. Yeah, I I point to the run game. I I still think you know I I know I was probably a little bit famous for saying it because I had a few people kind of gripe at me on Twitter. I, there's not a running back in this backfield that scares me, and maybe there is a person out there that could be. But when you combine it with this offensive line and the offensive system, there's just not this run game doesn't scare me right now, guys. I mean. 18 carries for 74 yards, that's not – you guys got to do better than that. And, and there's got to be some games where you punch it on the ground, I mean, especially a team like Tulsa. You would think Texas would be able to just line up and just, you know, right through them. There shouldn't be any problems with that whatsoever. And I'm telling you guys, this offensive line is in trouble. I, I really think that a lot like Iowa State, again, I don't know that there's an elite – Top of the line, top echelon running back in this in this stable right now. There might be. If he is, he's probably a freshman. But the offensive line too. On top of that, they're just getting whipped, guys. And Tulsa was even able to get penetration on them. And again, I didn't get well, to watch this game at all with Longhorn, but I did go back and watch the compressed version on YouTube, and they got whipped in a lot of situations. But mm-hmm. well, I'm, I'm telling think, you, my bold prediction for this team is that Keontae Ingram takes over starting running back here pretty soon as the lead back. Prediction. Uh, so that might just be is, last. That might just be. What else do they have at this point? Prediction. He's the guy that. Uh, he's the best running back on the team. Let's probably. I mean, I would. I would probably agree with that. But again, with the combination of. Now I will say this: Ellinger's passing game, 20, 21 for twenty-seven, two hundred thirty-seven yards. That's not terrible, but that's not really going to get it done in the Big Twelve if you don't have a running game to go with it. You can't lean on. You can't lean on two hundred thirty-seven yards passing when you only throw out seventy-four yards from your lead back. It just it, the the two can't survive together and do well in this in this. They're not that good of a defense. They lost players on all three levels, starters on all three levels. They're obviously having trouble in the middle where they lost a couple of key linebackers and stuff. I just – Gary Johnson, I don't know that – he's not bad, but I don't know that he's like the second coming of, you know, Derek Johnson or whoever you want to throw out there. Like some people acted like he would be when he came over from the JUCO transfer position. I don't know, Brady, what were you going to say? I don't know. <laughs> well, I'll tell you one thing that was disturbing to me in this game watching it was um, – Texas was up 21 nothing going into halftime. And whenever they came back out on the field, I was I was really expecting them to have that killer instinct mm-hmm. and and really go put Tulsa away. I was going to get to that. And, and you know, then you look at the end of the third quarter, it, it's 21-7. Mm-hmm. You know, all, all of a sudden, you know, they have they have done they've sputtered out on offense. They they given up a touchdown, which it's okay, so they gave up a touchdown, but then all of a sudden the momentum switched big time and all of a sudden Tulsa, Tulsa started rolling mm-hmm. and they started hitting some big plays and everything just started kind of snowballing. I mean, whenever you're Texas and you're up twenty one nothing coming out at halftime, you should you should be able to squeeze squeeze the other team and, and put your will, put your run game on, do things like that to put someone like Tulsa away. Shorten the game, yes. run them over, don't let them breathe. 
and, and, and they just didn't have you know that's one thing that I, I would I just that bothers me more than anything is where was that killer instinct like that's whenever you put you put your you know foot on their throat and stomp on it like mm-hmm. that that's the time to do it and they did not have that they let them they let them hang around in the ball game which they should not have ever done and you know I think you brought up a good point if Tulsa has a kicker um, and, and kick some of those make some of those field goals um, we might be talking about a, whole, a totally different outcome they're, right now they're zero two if Kelsey has a kicker Tulsa missed three field goals. Three field goals. And went for on like fourth and two mm-hmm. down in their own red zone and, and, and did convert. Yep. They hit those field goals. It's 30 to 28 Tulsa victory. I mean, you know, if you just add it to the standard score that it is now. Um, I just, I tell you what, Texas, and I and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to go too knee jerk, but, you know, seeing it against a team like this, and like you just talked about, <clears throat> the fact that it, there was 21 to nothing, came out and nothing in the second half. That worries me because now for two games, I see a lot of, A, a team that doesn't know how to win yet, um, a team that doesn't, and rather it's, they, I'm not going to say they don't want to play for the coach. As far as I know, they love the guy. I have no idea what they think of him yet. We haven't got, uh, there's not enough of a sample size with him beyond a year and two games yet to know. But, you know, there are some rumors we hear that maybe it's not the most easy guy to play for. You know, I don't want to go and throw all that out there because we don't know yet. But there are some rumors out there that he's not the greatest coach in the world when it comes to personnel and things like that. But... I don't know how they feel about them, but they don't seem like they have any kind of fire or energy on this team. Not not genuine. I mean, you see the BS that every team does when they run out of the tunnel and they act like they're kings of the world, but it quickly goes away with this team. Um, that worries me with this team. And and I'm seeing things that – guys, you know, everybody talks about they were so close last year with these games. The only reason they were is because the defense was so stellar for this team, especially by Big 12 standards. They were a great defense by Big 12 standards. It ain't there this year. It ain't there to build them out. It ain't there to fix these problems when the, when Ellinger does a tilt the world and throws an interception in the back corner of the end zone. I mean, they're it, there's not they're not there to have that this year. The defense isn't going to do that for them. So I don't know, guys. I I I don't again. I don't want to do new two knee jerk, but I could see a really bad season coming for this team, a really bad one. Um, again, by their stand, you know, a lot of people thinking they're going to be eight and four, nine and three. Right now, I'm looking at a team that's a fringe bowl team, if that, and maybe only because the Big Twelve is so bad, four or five spots. So I don't know. I don't know your guys' thoughts on that. What I mean, what do we see of this team so far? I I just been disappointed in just like their their, like I said, like their killer instinct, their 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 motivation, their motor. That like you know, in that Maryland game, they came out in the second half and everything was sluggish, sluggish, sluggish. And, and, you know, in this one, they came out at halftime and things are sluggish. You know, whenever you have a team down, especially whenever Texas had all that momentum coming into the into halftime, you know, going into halftime, they, they came back, you know, they took the lead, right, in the mm-hmm. Maryland game at, going into halftime whenever they were struggling. So, I mean, they had all the momentum in the world coming out. And it, it's just like they start doing this thing where they're trying to not to – instead of, like, putting mm-hmm. a team away, they're just trying to hang on to the win, mm-hmm. which is the exact opposite of what a team like Texas should and, be doing. And they don't have – and even if they were going to do that, okay, let's say that works. They don't have the defense and running game to do that right now. They just don't. That that's a formula you need to grind a team out. You need a defense that's going to answer, and you need a run game that's going to barrel. You need the run game that even when all eighty ninety five thousand people in Austin know you're running the ball, you're still running the ball, and you're doing it at five to six yards a clip. That's what you need, and they don't have it right now. They just don't. So I mean, that, that's. I still, personally, me personally, I still don't think they found their quarterback. I know some people are still wanting to give Ellinger time and, oh, he does this, he does that. I just don't think he's the answer, guys. It, if he was surrounded by Alabama-like talent, oh, my Lord, I think they'd be fine. He'd be a lot better shape, but they're not. He, that's the kind of quarterback he is, I think, in my opinion. That's him. He is a Jalen Hurts-type guy that 
you can afford a few little things he does wrong, but you put a ton of talent around him and a great defense behind him, he'll win you games. He's not getting that at Texas right now. And the thing, to go back to your point of, you know, the uh, attitude and all that stuff, you know, when, when Mac Brown left, guys, before when Mac Brown left and all the start, stuff started coming out of the closet, when we started finding out all the things that were wrong in that program and the mask came off, the the most overwhelming thing I remember hearing about was there was you know we all a lot of people were asking the question well they were elite in recruiting they had all these great recruits he had these great recruiting classes and they did they had a lot of really good ones back to back even late in his tenure we know quarterback was the problem but the the one thing I heard overwhelmingly was the country club like atmosphere at Texas the the kids are you know top of the world cream of the crop but they know that they know that you know there wasn't there was a lack of competition a lack of energy a lack of you know, that dog mentality that some of these teams have to go get players. And part of that is recruiting, too. You have to go recruit those kind of guys because there are some spoiled brats in, the, in these. I mean, obviously, just look at <laughs> Spend five seconds watching some of these kids, and you know they're spoiled to death. You got to be smart enough to not get those kids and go get the elite ones. Or, you know, if you think you can fix those by sheltering them in your little world and teaching them to be that way, whatever the case may be. I'm not sure that they have ever gotten rid of that. I, I think there may still be some of that, you know, country club, this is Texas, you know, spoiling the players, best of everything. And not some of these kids, should, I mean, you should be able to handle that. But clearly they have some that can't, I think. Um, and maybe it takes another year or two to get some of that out. You know, he is bringing his guys. This is his first, what, full class on campus right now? This freshman class that he's recruiting? Oh, the ones playing? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. That's his first full class on campus, you know, so maybe it just takes a little bit more time to get some of that out. But that's one thing I would keep an eye on because you don't see that killer mentality, that, you know, that dog fight and stuff like that. They don't have that yet. And, I mean, I, I can remember Texas at their peak. Man, you did not mess with them. They, they you know, they were up in the middle of things. They were ready to go. They would take your head off, you, you know, defensively and offensively. They, weren't, they just don't have those guys yet to me, especially on defense. I don't see it. Well, I, you know, one thing I, I wonder is – they bring in uh, Herb Hand to to work with the offensive line. Um, are are you guys seeing that much improvement? I mean, you know, are, instead instead of it being a coaching issue, I'm I'm wondering now is it just simply a talent issue? Like maybe those guys are not what what everybody thought they were going to be whenever they were getting recruited. Because yep. you know, I mean, obviously the man can coach. There's there's no there's no mm-hmm. doubt about it, the man knows how to coach. So what what exactly is the issue? Why why are why are they struggling so much up front? Um, you know, even against a team like Tulsa, you would think that they should, even if they're not perfect by any means, and they give up yeah, a sack here and there, yeah. but they, they should at least be, they should at least be able to to put together drives constantly against a team like that. Maybe maybe sputter out or something, but at least make you know make make long drives, and they're not able to do that. To me, that's what scares me more than anything about this game. If I'm a Texas fan, or if I'm just a Big Twelve fan in general, they did not dominate this line of scrimmage like they should have. They did early. They did okay. I mean, there were there were a few drives thrown in there where they did look really good and drove down the field, did what they're supposed to do. But as a whole, they did not dominate the line of scrimmage like a Texas team should have against the Tulsa. They just didn't. And again, I, I think you could be on. I mean, you know, they lost a couple of key guys that really would have helped them. Uh, Brady, what's the kid that they should have had that went to Stanford, the five star uh, Walker Walker Little? Um, Texas. Uh, he went to Ole Miss. I thought he went to Stanford. Okay. Well, anyway, that's the kid right there in their backyard. They should have had a five-star tackle that everybody. I mean, you're talking about a can't-miss tackle. You know, they didn't. There's been a few of those that they didn't get. And then you do talk. You do look at some of these and wonder. You know, maybe they aren't the the kids a lot of people thought they were. So, you know, that's an issue too. That you know, besides the country club mentality, like a quarterback recruiting, there have been a lot of recruiting misses by Texas in the last decade. Period. I mean, they've. But again, you wonder development too. I mean, that's that's the hard thing about this. It, it's it's trying to understand: it. are these kids really that bad, or 
Did they really miss on this many? Or are they just not developing players? But you have to start to wonder if it's talent because this is the third staff to do this. You know, that's, when you go to the end of Mac Brown to Charlie Strong to now, this is the third staff with their hands on some of these players, and they're still not getting anything out of them. No, and they brought they brought in people that have been known to be good. Yeah, with offensive hand line. is considered you know, a god by offensive line coaches by right. most people. And to me, I just haven't seen that next like something to say. Okay, they're yeah, they are quite a bit better. Or you can see progress from last year. To me, they look about the same. So mm-hmm. I, I'm just wondering, you know, you know, you, you know, there's only so much you can do if if you're getting outmanned up there. So I I'm, I'm trying to figure out exactly is the switch going to flip eventually. Or is this just what they are? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm you know, to me, the jury's still out because there's still time, but I'm, I'm starting to wonder a lot more now. Yeah, and I'll tell, I think I told you guys today, and this is not going to talk a lot of listeners who just assume I'm a homer. I don't care. I mean, I, you guys know me, and that's that's all that's good enough for me. I've told you guys for years that the Oklahoma Texas game is always a street fight. It doesn't matter. You know, a lot of years it doesn't matter. You know, you have a great team and a bad team on either end of the spectrum. It's going to be a, a barn brawl. You know, a barn burner brawl. This year, I just don't see it. I, like, I really think – now, with these two teams, as we know about them in two weeks, because of the problems Texas is having, they're not – I just – right now, if you if you held a gun to my head right now, oh, you whipped them bad. And, I, and I, you know, that game has a different nature, whereas in previous years, I've always admitted that. It doesn't matter if Texas is way down here, oh, you're the number one team in the country. It's going to be – but Texas is just missing the key elements, guys. They're missing a run game. They're missing we – know, we've, we've said this for years – and it's a fact. You can go look it up. Going back like the last, I don't know, decade, decade and a half, the guy, the team that wins the OU Texas game wins the rushing battle. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have any faith right now in this team to win the rushing battle? No, Zero. no, none. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. And that game's only three weeks away, guys. Four weeks away, something like that. It's not that far away. The beginning of October. It's like three weeks away. So I mean, that's. What, I just don't see this team being that kind of team. I don't know. Um, by the way, you were right about Walker Little. I was thinking Greg Little. Greg Little. Oh yeah, that's what I, I thought he went to Stanford. That's what I remember. So yeah, I mean they missed out on some of those guys that really would have helped him. I mean Walker Little would be starting for this team right now. I guarantee you, and doubt in my mind. Oh, yeah. So, um, you know, going forward this week we've got some really big matchups. This was the weekend that was supposed to be you know a sleeper snooze fest, but it had some interesting. You know, you can't. That's the thing about college football, guys. That's why, in my opinion, it's the greatest sport in the world. It's. Other games, the NBA, I can already tell you who's going to be in the finals of the NBA and probably get it right. You know, World Series, you can get pretty close. NFL, you know, NFC is a little hard to navigate through, but by the time you narrow the teams down the playoffs, you can probably get it right. College football, you don't know what the hell is going to happen from one Saturday to the next. And it's entertaining, and it's edge of your seat, and it's, you know, even two bad teams is fun to watch. I mean, I... this, This is the greatest sport in the world. Like, I don't know anything else that tops this. So, I mean, that's why... You have to watch these sleepy weekends. Um, there was, you know, stretches where I thought some teams that ended up winning comfortably were in trouble. You know, you just you never know what's going to happen. So you never know when a Tulsa is going to beat a Texas, you know, and you didn't see it coming. Uh, you know, things like that. So, I don't know. Stay tuned all these weekends like this. But going forward, we have a great weekend coming up this weekend. We'll be back in two days for that. Uh, we have TC. Excuse me, I can't catch my breath tonight. I don't know if I ate too much earlier or what, but I'm having a hard time talking long today. I'm short on break, uh, short on wind. Um, we got TCU Ohio State. We got Texas or Texas USC. Um, just real quickly, just a few thoughts, real fast on those. You know, Texas USC. What kind of game do you think we're gonna get? Uh, to me, I think it's probably gonna be a low scoring affair. Um, I, I, it's one of those things to me where this game has so much tradition behind it, but 
the product on the field doesn't <laughs> yeah. equal yeah. what what the tradition the, should be. The pomp and circumstance is louder than what the game is. We're going right, get, right, you know? and and you know, and that's the thing. Both teams are down compared to what where they should be. So I mm-hmm. that game to me is it's interesting just because of who it is, but to me, as far as the product on the field, to me is not as good as what it should be. The line right now in that game is what? Texas by three, I believe. Okay. So, I mean, I don't want to give away – well, we're going to release them later today anyway, but um, I don't want to give you guys' picks away. But, I mean, that's a, that's a tight line there. I mean, that's that's that one was a tough one for me looking at that. Um, Colin, just, you know, a couple of thoughts you have. USC and – or, I mean, uh, TCU and Ohio State. What kind of game do you think we're going to get there? Man, uh, that game worries me. Oh, it does me for too. TCU. It I, does. Ohio State <laughs> looks really good this year, and I don't know that TCU can keep up. That would be my biggest concern. I think it could either be a close game or Ohio State could just run away with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't really see any other outcome there. I, the thing that worries me about TCU in this game is Ohio State looks like they finally have an offense for the first time in a while. And I know given who they've played, but when you're still when you're scoring like 142 points in two weeks, yeah. I don't care who you're playing, that's good. Um, that that's that's something they got to worry about. So it ain't just the Ohio State defense, a defensive line that's going to be probably the best TCU is going to face all year, I would imagine. Especially when you consider what's his name's brother. Both is on there, the defensive end. So I mean, see, and they have the speed; they can really they can yeah. bottle up Robinson, and I don't think he has. He's not gonna be able to pass him out to a, pass him to a win. Nope. Yeah, you saw that uh, in recent games they've had against athletic quarterbacks. They can go get him. Um, and and TCU guys, they don't have the offensive line again. I hate to do it, but they played them last year. Oklahoma had an offensive line that stopped them and slowed them down. They don't. We don't have. They don't have that offensive line at TCU right now. Um, I don't know, Brady. Your thoughts on those two big matchups we got? Uh, I'm with I'm with the guys on that one. I think the USC Texas. I think when these games were scheduled, I don't I don't think they anticipated both these programs being kind of down how they are. So it's not mm-hmm. it's a marquee matchup, but it's not as as hyped as it it's, as it should be. Uh, both were probably PC. down when they scheduled it. I mean, think about it. It was probably seven eight years ago. Both sucked. Yeah. But they probably thought by then, surely Texas and USC will be. I mean, I would have thought that. Exactly. As far as TCU Ohio State, uh, I feel the same way. I I don't think that it's going to be good for TCU, but they do have Gary Patterson. I mean, that dude can come up with a, a genius game plan, and who knows, he'll surprise all of us. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I I would like for it to go TCU's way. I think it'd be big for the conference. Same thing with uh, Texas USC. I'd love for him for him to get that win just because of the perception of the conference overall, but. You know, I'm not. I feel more comfortable about the Texas beating USC than I do TCU beating Ohio State. Yeah, and that just has more to do with how bad USC is, and yeah. the fact that they're playing a freshman quarterback and it's in Austin. But <clears throat> I don't know. Like you know, the the um, I don't want to say I don't want people to get the wrong impression. I think TCU can make it a game in the fourth quarter. I definitely think that. I just like I said, Colin said. I it's to me, it's either a close Ohio State win or Ohio State blows them out. Probably. I just. I don't think in the end TCU has the horses, but we'll see. I don't know. We'll find out. That's why we do. Like I just got there saying, you never know in this sport. This sport makes some crazy things happen. So, um, anything else we want to get to before we move on? We got our new show coming out in two days, right? Something like that. Yep. Brady, will you be back for that show? I will not. You will not be back. I'll be. I'll be back home. So I'll when, be in the apartment life. Um, how much longer you got till your house is built? Uh, mid October. Oh, okay. So maybe in a month or so we can have you back. Yep. All right. Well, hopefully we'll see you then. Um, I'm trying to think if there was uh, – oh, when is our – I was going to ask you that. Uh, when did our – when will our um, against the spread picks come out real quick? Just got the uh, graphics tonight, so just as soon as we get off the show. 
All right, guys. Well, I guess that's it. And uh, thank you, guys. Thanks for listening. Remember to like us on iTunes and all that stuff. Uh, if you need to help with that, let us know, and we'll let you know. However you're listening to us, we appreciate that. And I guess that's it. We'll see you guys next time. Sweet.